Yes, uh, uh, you know, I'm Justin Bartha, uh, and we're doing uh, b- Below the Belts. I'm not, sure, uh, I'm not sure what you're doing on, on this show. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds like you've got the comedy still. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. guys uh also joining us on the program my gosh he is the one and the only the fan favorite the persian prince of pop culture the man with a common presence the one and only mike the general zod how's it going zod it's going good i um I gotta say the um, I always really dig the uh, the theme song in the beginning because I, I really do believe that animation is just way too forgotten these days. Like right. no one no one ever remembers the great lines like "What do you want me to be to let you sleep with me?" Right. And <laughs> and Are those, uh, so, is that relevant today? <laughs> uh, at times, sometimes. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, and like you know, and and it's a it's what what do the kids call it today? A bop. <laughs> the uh, yeah. <laughs> and so like I uh, I'm always like yeah, some animation. You're an obsession. My you're my obsession. So yeah, I'm into that. And Whenever I hear that song, I can't help but think of Grand Theft Auto Vice City because it played incessantly on the radio. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Jeez. Well, let's go ahead and introduce that other voice, guys. He is back by popular demand. He's really? a podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's a podcaster. He is a cosplayer. He mm. is a production man extraordinaire behind the scenes. He is hardcore bloodshot Jesse Fresco. Welcome back to BTV. Good to be back. Yes. A little tired, but I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, good to have you. And uh, we'll announce her. We're expecting someone else to join us a little later in the program, which we're going to uh, save our special topic of the week, uh, which this week is um, uh, your favorite movie or TV show um, that was adapted from a video game. So, uh um, so we'll uh, give us uh, give the panel a little bit of time to think about what their favorite and maybe honorable mention is in that category. So, and we will revisit that shortly. So we are here every week, each and every week. And of course, sometimes things happen. Maybe you're invited to hang out with an Academy Award winning actress and shoot a scene with her. 
and that was the case with me this week. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could say anything. Jesse, am I allowed to say what I worked on? I don't know. I don't think I am, but I don't, I, I, I don't know. Did you sign it? <laughs> Did you sign an NDA? <laughs> I think we still talked about it on social media, but uh, um, maybe I'll mention the actress. I think that's yeah. fair, right? Go for it. Academy Award winning actress. I know her as Queen Amidala. Um, hmm. and, <laughs> the amazing, the wonderful, oh, also known as the Mighty Thor, <laughs> Jane Foster. But uh, yes, Natalie Portman. And uh, I guess uh, I've already revealed enough, uh, but it's just, it was just magical. It's just magical to work with someone like that. And um, nonetheless, um, how tall uh, is she? She's um, short. She's very short. Yeah, she's very petite. I'd say about 5'3. Okay. And I met her uh, stand-in and body double, um, and her body double is quite nice. I actually worked on a movie with her body double called Step Back Doors Closing. Shout out to Janae Palmer. Um, she's there every day on set, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great, great, great production. I guess I've already revealed too much. I shouldn't say anything more, but nonetheless, um, yeah, pretty, pretty damn cool, man. Pretty damn cool. Um, I mean, I've always wanted to work with someone from the Star Wars franchise, so I guess I can mark that off my <laughs> mark that off my list, right? Uh, but nonetheless, you ask Ta- Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi <laughs> didn't even know Natalie yeah. was in Star Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why he forgot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he asked her, "Would you like to be in a Star Wars movie?" And she right. was like, "Yeah, I've been in one of those. Yeah, <laughs> been in a couple <laughs> of those, actually." And as you know, Taika is working on his uh, next uh, uh, film, which will be a Star Wars film, uh, which will be something that we haven't seen before and characters we haven't seen before. So I'm really looking forward to see what Taika Waititi uh, offers. But um, just anything other than what they did before. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anything, please. So is it a film he's working on or a show? Yeah, He's, he's working on a film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty wild, huh? There hasn't been a movie in a minute, so um, you know since uh, the last Good. Skywalker. We, so. we needed a break. <laughs> I think they need to reassess and find out what what made yeah. what made um, the um, you know the original trilogy so great, and um, maybe even Rogue One add Rogue One to the list because that was kind of the better of mm-hmm. the more recent films. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, got an incredible show from top to bottom, guys. Um, we don't have a, um, a phone and guest, but I will be presenting the final awesome con 2022 interviews tonight, guys. We got artist extraordinaire, Adriana Mello, another artist extraordinaire named Jason Bedauer. He's an Australian artist who penciled, uh, the amazing Joker Harley criminal sanity. And uh, last but certainly not least, um, Star Trek Discoveries, Anthony Rapp. That's a big one for us guys. So that uh, is already a power-packed um, bunch of uh, uh, amazing uh, talent that we got to interview at AwesomeCon 2022. And I just want to announce um, we're really excited to present the upcoming next weeks, uh, which will lead into our summer season finale as – God knows I need a break, right? Um, we have some exclusive interviews from 
the amazing Shore Leave Con in Hunt Valley. Guys, we got some big ones, including actor Eddie McClintock, actor John Billingsley. You ready for this one? Actor Jesse T. Usher A. Train. <laughs> Huge interview, guys. That's going to be our highlight interview for next week, guys. But uh, we got to. We got to complete the awesome con slate. So uh, it's it's just we've been really blessed for uh, these recent cons that we've been doing. Um, awesome con, Monster Mania, Fan Expo, and now Shoreleaf Con, where we've just gotten great, great interviews, and uh, we love. Um, we're looking forward to uh, presenting them to you, our fans. So um, I guess without further ado, let's go into everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. That's right. Benji and Joel. Good Charlotte representing. All right. No surprise, guys. The top of the box office is Thor Love and Thunder, right? I mean, Jesus Christ. Two, I mean, duh. <laughs> two weeks in a row. Brought in another $46 million, uh, for the total domestic $233 million and $498 million worldwide. Um, so uh, I guess now, um, I think last week the panel did not watch Thor um, Love and Thunder, besides myself. Uh, but this week oh, we well- have... But this week we have a panel that has watched uh, Thor Love. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, we all saw it together, too. We all saw it together, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, apparently, CinemaScore gave it a B plus. Um, I didn't think it was as great, as good as Ragnarok, but I still enjoyed the film. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I like the fact that it... Um, well, it maintained that that same kind of like signature sense of humor, and yes. uh, which is um, I know like some people you know say they're growing weary of like all the MCU being like too comedic, but I don't think so. Like I finally saw the Batman, <laughs> which it took me a long, long time to you see. You finally watched it? Yeah, I finally saw. Because it finally it. made it to uh, HBO Max, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been on HBO Max for like two months two or three months but it's like um but i finally saw it and it kind of like i kept thinking it was like wow this is really really serious and uh there's, there's no levity whatsoever in it and for the longest time like i I, you know, I was I was the kind of geek that like wanted like, you know, you kind of have this kind of like self-conscious chip on your shoulder being like, God damn it. Comics aren't just for kids. And like they're serious and dark and edgy and all that stuff. And, um, you know, like a lot of uh, especially like DCU stuff, DCU stuff, they really, really kind of stuck with that. And uh, especially after now, where like seeing the Marvel stuff and seeing the boys, which, you know, has a lot of dark subject matter, but it also has a lot of comedy in it and uh, things like that. It's 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 gotten a little more difficult to uh, take things, take uh, take the ones that are trying so hard to be edgy entirely seriously. (laughs) And so it's like. 
That's you know, why this one's a breath of fresh air, I guess, because yeah. a lot of them have gone the, the serious route as far yeah. as Thor Love and Thunder is concerned. Yeah, and Thor Love and Thunder still does have an emotional core to it. There's a it does. very very there's a you know, there's a very serious emotional core to it. There's a very and, sad ending if you yeah. in, depending on who you ask. Um because uh well we already talked about it last week, but yes, uh, I was alluding to um Jane Foster not surviving um her cancer and um going to Valhalla, which is pretty much the heaven of the gods. I guess where all the the gods uh, become even more immortal, more so. Uh, well, I mean, moment. they they die and then they they reincarnate go to go back to battle. So right. So te- <laughs> that's the thing about like that's the one negative I give the, this Norse mythology is that oh, what happens if you die? Well, you eventually come back anyways. Right. So it's like so well, I, it's, I mean, that's the, point. the entire basis of like you know because it's supposed to be this essential this uh, eternal cycle of rebirth. Right. And if you think yeah. about Jedi's, they come back as Force Ghosts too. So I guess it's kind yeah. of kind of announced yeah. that as well, right? But that's such a that's such a common thing in like lots of genre stuff. I mean, you think about, I mean, you know, we we love uh, characters that have been around for, you know, some have been around for almost a hundred years, and uh, a lot of people really love Jesus. That guy keeps being kicked around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, the boy. original superhero. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. I don't know if I should comment on that one, but uh, <laughs> but yes, that's the number one movie, guys. Second place, Minions: The Rise of Gru took took a uh, twenty six million over the third weekend. Uh, the third film uh, on the top five is a surprising one. It's uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Stars uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. It's based on the best-selling novel of the past decade. Isn't that getting like slammed critically? It's got an A minus um, huh. <laughs> on CinemaScore. However, thirty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I eh, I guess it's kind of split, right? So hold on, uh, let me let me reread this because okay, so. Hello Sunshine, which was the director's other project. Yeah. Uh, that 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 got better reviews, right? Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, uh, it was a best-selling novel. So, uh, um, and fourth place, Top Gun Maverick is not going anywhere. I still uh, haven't seen it. <laughs> I'll wait till it gets on video on demand. Yeah, I, I haven't. Seen I'm it just too busy. Either. I'm too busy. And in fifth place, Elvis, um, which I promised myself I would see, but I still haven't found time to watch it either. I'm did that, too, did that bomb? Did that it did bomb? Not, it did not bomb. In fact, it's the the biggest adult-led non-franchise film. So it's not. I guess this adult-led is not not a kids film. Uh, They're calling okay. it a non-franchise film. So. Uh, okay. But one film we're, we we may be looking forward to seeing is Jordan Peele's Nope. Which uh, yeah yeah stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer as siblings and residents of a black-owned ranch in California. Stephen Yun from Walking <laughs> Dead is in it. Reactions overwhelmingly positive. Um, people are raving about its tone, the node, the nods to '70s blockbuster era. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you know Jordan Peele has been uh, ever since the. His groundbreaking uh, film, 
um, gosh, what's it called? Get out. Ever since yeah, Get Out, get out, get out. Uh, he's just been he's, he's been killing it, literally and figuratively, in the, in the uh, horror genre. Um, yeah. and I had some problems with Us, but overall Us I was, liked that. Uh, Us was a fun one too. Yeah, um, it had some issues, but overall I liked it. Overall I liked it, right? Okay. Well, I like one thing I liked about Us is and um, was the fact that he included such a random thing like Hands Across America as a. Oh podcast. yeah. <laughs> I love so weird. That was such a strange thing to to <laughs> include. Such this like bizarre esoteric like little bit of eighties trivia. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, the idea—it's symbolic of connection, and the uh, your your parallel you is connected to you psychically, and I I, I get it. It's like, yeah, obvious metaphor is obvious. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we uh, are just getting some uh, Comic Con um, trailers. Um, the bulk of it, I think, is going to be revealed this weekend. But today was uh, on Thursday was the first. Uh, major comic-con day we just saw the dungeons and dragons honor monk thieves trailer mm-hmm. which held a panel at hall h which is hall h is the big big the hall big one. the, big, the one. big one where all the yeah this is where the major major uh films uh do the one panels. where you gotta wait like 12 hours to get into unless unless you're you know lucky enough to be press or you know a guest or you could just wait for the next day and then it's released online then you don't have to wait in line that's another way too you and we got Chris Pine, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Regé Jean Page, Sophia Lillis, and Hugh Grant, uh, who took the stage to a, a, a massive applause. Um, and uh, yeah, they saw the trailer. Uh, uh, Chris Pine as a bard, um, Michelle Rodriguez as a barbarian, Justice Smith as a sorcerer, and Lillis as a druid. So they're they're sticking with because like Dungeons and Dragons these days is. I had no idea about this. I hadn't played Dungeons and Dragons in years, uh-huh. but uh, Dungeons and Dragons, like you know, they um, they've really really branched out. Like the most recent and most popular version of Dungeons and Dragons these days is almost this kind of like steampunky universe that it's in. Yeah, that, like that the. Um, that it's I, I don't remember what it's called. It has some like suitably fantastic name to it. But um <laughs> the um but they always like whenever they have like Dungeons and Dragons in the mass media, they always just stick with this straight traditional sword and sorcery stuff. And uh, I don't know. I mean they could it's, it's actually it's lowest common denominator thing. They think Dungeons and Dragons, you gotta have Dungeons and Dragons in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was it was a fun trailer. I don't know if you guys got a chance yeah. to see it. I haven't. No. Um, I think my biggest problem is that it's like it's a franchise that's built on the idea that you build the the mission, you build the your story as you're playing it. But right. then you're going to watch basically just a generic. You're watching film. someone else's story. So yeah, like I, I'd rather <laughs> invent my own. I mean, then again, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't have time. I literally just do not have the time. I'm too busy. Um, they certainly it, could have acted. Uh, incorporated some interactive element to it. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Which would have made it truly feel like Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Yeah. Also, I don't have time, and also, it just... To me, Dungeons and Dragons, I've tried playing it a couple of times, it just feels like work. <laughs> well, it feels like work. Like, I, I, I work enough. All tabletop role-playing games and... Um, 
and like battle games like Warhammer and stuff like that. If you want to you want to see what work is, try playing Warhammer. Oh god, no. Warhammer, no. you need to you need to break out like tape measures and you need to and there are right. these like tables no. these actuarial tables. Oh. No. That was insane. <laughs> I had friends who were really really into Warhammer and they tried to to get me to play and I just remember sitting there and the guy had to the guy spent four hours explaining to me the, you know, just how to play. <laughs> no. <laughs> the answer is no. That's a My big, time that's a hard, is too valuable to me. That is a hard pass there. Yeah. Um, what other trailers we have? Um, this one is amazing, guys. And I have to, I have to admit, I've already seen this film due to, um, well, anyways, uh, it was signed something. I wasn't supposed to talk about it, so maybe this one. <laughs> Anyways, a new trailer, uh, speaking of Chris Pine, has been released, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. This is her uh, sophomore directorial feature, Don't Worry Darling. And it's the fictional life of Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. And it it's an amazing film, guys. Uh, the trailer gives you a glimpse of what it is, but it definitely definitely is worth checking out. Um, and uh, it's got that really nice 50s vibe um, going on, but it's an isolated utopian community in the California desert, which hopes to change the world. And Florence Pugh pays a housewife, and Harry Styles plays her husband. And, uh, and yeah, they're part of this top-secret victory project. Um, and it seems that life is perfect, and everyone's residence every resident's needs are met by the company. Um, but yes, uh, we find out that not everything is what it seems. Um, sounds like that movie Bavarium. Do you remember, did you just see that with Jesse Eisenberg and, um, Emma, what's her name? Emma Roberts. I haven't. It's okay. It's not great. It's okay. It's got interesting ideas in it. Okay. It's, it's got some problems, but overall it's, it's kind of sounds similar. Sounds similar. Okay. Yeah, it sounds similar. I've heard comparisons to Warehouse 13, um, <laughs> but uh, Don't Worry Darling stars uh, Gemma Chan, also uh, Kiki Lane, Nick Kroll, and Olivia Wilde herself in a supporting role. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, going to be that film to watch. Um, Harry Styles has become quite the actor lately. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's also going to be in a romantic drama that's going to premiere at the Toronto Film Festival called My Policeman. It's about three people caught up in the shifting tides of history, liberty, and forgiveness. And he plays a policeman in 1950s Brighton. He marries a school teacher, played by Emma Corrin, while engaging in a gay relationship with museum creator Patrick, played by David Dawson. Hmm. So, um yeah, yeah, Harry Styles come a long way since Watermelon Sugar High. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I think he wants to be t- uh, taken as a serious actor now. I think that's kind of cool that he's kind of transitioned into that side. Um, another great trailer just dropped. Halloween ends. Uh, this is going to hit the theaters on October 14th. It won't go directly to Peacock like the last film did. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Michael Myers have that ultimate confrontation in the trailer. So uh, as Jamie Lee Curtis says, come get me, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> in the trailer, in the Red Band trailer, that is. I love how they they throw uh, F-bombs in trailers, and, you know, I think that's just – I just mean, a, why not? 
Yeah, but there was a time when they didn't do that, you know. They saved well, it all. The F bombs. Yeah, the F bombs like really, really lost any sort of significance a long, long time ago. Right. Yeah, I mean, over in Europe, they just put it on regular television. It's you know, swearing and sex are fine on television. It's violence that gets looked down upon. Exactly. It's very so. different over in Europe. That's so. That's so weird because sex is the only thing that's looked down upon here. Christian conservatives are running everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild. It's wild. All uh, the things that can be shown and seen, uh, and the things that can't. Um, all right, so uh, number two on my list is stuff in production. So what do we have? Well, we got Madam Web, which is the um, Sony spinoff centered around the obscure Spider-Man character that generals uh, you knew so much about, uh, which is wild. Uh, I still don't know who's playing Madam Web because the cast is a young cast. I mean, it's Dakota Johnson, it's Emma Roberts, it's Sidney Sweeney. Well, uh, they... I mean, there's two things you could guess with that. I mean, there's two characters that played at, at Madame Web. One was this, like, really, really old lady. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh, Julia Carpenter, who started out as Spider-Woman. And mm-hmm. she gets Madame Web's powers somehow. I don't remember how. But she becomes the new Madame Web. And I think in current Marvel continuity, she is Madame Web. Okay. And so... They could be going for that. Um, I did read a rumor that, or I mean, it's probably just like some fanboys' wishful thinking, but uh, this uh, this theory that it's actually, you know, it's actually not about the character Madame Web, and it's kind of like a backdoor way to introduce Spider Woman, okay. the character Spider Woman, who um, is a uh. little bit is a little bit more you know, well-known. <laughs> I don't know how well-known she is outside of, like, comic book circles. And um, Sony is going to milk this brand for everything it has. Right. But the funny thing is, the, the Spider-Woman character really doesn't really have any connection to Spider-Man at all. No. What are her <laughs> abilities? Is, is it not slinging she has a She has the electric spider bite. Yeah, she and she doesn't her, even shoot webs or anything like that. Right. Yeah, she does. Does she even climb walls? Or no, like I don't think. I don't think she does. She has like pheromones or something too. Yeah, it's. I just this this is a very desperate attempt to keep the keep the brand basically. But I was order- actually I was actually surprised that Sony has the rights to Spider Woman because Spider Woman is like kind of isn't really that connected to Spider Man. I would figure. Disney has it, but it has spider in the title so i well, can black, see black widow's I, spider <laughs> i can see the beautiful dakota johnson um playing spider woman yes i can definitely see that happening so. yeah um but who in a hot costume spider woman yeah i know right but who's gonna be the the senior the elderly uh madam webb i guess we'll have to wait and find out but they just announced adam scott actor adam scott has jumped on board um yeah. well, that's cool i like him yeah, they haven't announced what his character will be just yet. Um, He'll probably be generic scientist guy who's been invented for the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good guess. We'll see. If they did that with Venom. Venom. They, they did it yeah. with all these. Yeah, it's, yeah that's yeah. what they did with uh, Jenny Slate, right? Yeah. She was like the scientist. So All of these Sony movies are exactly the same. They're templates. Okay. They all follow the same structure. They're all templates. They're okay. just plug-and-play characters. So, so Dakota Johnson, I'm reading here, plays the title role. A clairvoyant woman who in the 
in the comics, eight Spider-Man and his crime-fighting escapades. Okay, so she is Madam Web. She is a yeah. She's going to be a very different Madam Web. She'll um, probably be Julia Carpenter. That's who she'll be instead of whatever the old lady's name is. Ah, okay. Me. So Spider Woman will probably be maybe Sydney Sweeney or Emma Roberts. Then. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, I could see either one of them too. My gosh. I mean, I guess we'll find out in a year. <laughs> yeah. So yes, that's right. A year exactly. It's going to come out October six, twenty twenty three. Three months later than previously announced. Can't wait. Yeah, I know, right? I I, I can't wait. I love all three of those actors. I said that with sarcasm. I know, but. I, I'm legit on it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I, I, Sony has burned any kind of, any kind of goodwill they've had with this brand. It's, okay. have, you, have totally you read the synopsis? Of, right, uh, Sony was, was um, responsible for uh, Into the Spider-Verse and that's an awesome movie. Yeah. Well, that was also the, uh, Lord Miller. They were yeah. the ones pushing that. But then you look at something like Morbius and how they're trying to link that back into the Sony brand and, and, and the Spider-Man brand. It's like it's so desperate and pathetic, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, have you read the synopsis for Craven, the hunter? They I have turn, not. They changed him into a vegan because he, he fights for <laughs> animal rights. Oh, really? That's I'm not even is. kidding. He's, he's not a hunter anymore. Huh? That's a little bit shoehorned, isn't it? I wish that was a joke. So, yeah, so is he still like, going to wear that, like, thing where he has that lion's head on his, his father does it's a it's a young craven versus the older craven the real craven is his dad he, he probably kid. won't wear fur then oh nope, wear... okay so Ro- yeah. russell crowe is going to play sergey kravinoff and yep. uh uh aaron taylor johnson is going to play what is it aloysia kravinoff yeah. yeah there you go there you go zod you, you figured it out all right, number three, uh, Dune Part Two in production, uh, slated yeah. for November 2023 worldwide theatrical release. Um, and uh, that's really quick. Yeah, that's a good turnaround, that's right? November really, 2023. Really, they they probably shot part of Part Two while they were doing Part One. Maybe they did, but they're filming. Filming is underway now. Yeah, I'm so, guessing uh, that something. I guess they're gonna have flashbacks because I think uh, the banquet scene that was shot for the first part, they didn't use any of it. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that they're gonna include that in part two, and that's how they're gonna open the film. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put 90% certain that's how they're gonna do it because they mm-hmm. want to include as much from the book as they can. Yeah. It's also a way for you to get those actors back into part two because Oscar Isaac isn't in the second half of of the story. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's well, a way to go. keep him in the second part, even though he's dead. So. Spoiler alert. For a movie that's been out for been out for a while, right? <laughs> that's right. That literally for, everyone for a book saw. that's been around, been around for fifty years. Yeah, I know that's true. <laughs> two movies in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler: yes. Jesus died in the Bible. <laughs> the follow-up film will explore uh, the myth- mythical journeys of Paul Atreides as he unites with Chani and the Freeman while on a warpath of revenge against the conspirators who destroyed his family. So yeah, the returning cast. Everyone will be back. Um, Timothy Chalamet and Day will have a bigger role, more expanded role, as was in the book as well. Rebecca Ferguson, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista. Charlotte Rampling, Stephen McKinley Henderson. So, uh, and new cast members include Austin Butler, who plays Elvis, as notorious Fade Rautha, and Christopher Walken as the Emperor, plus Florence Pugh, Leah Sado, and Sukhila Yacob. Wow, that's a hell of a cast right mm-hmm. there. Kid. 
Um, Florence Pugh as um, as Princess Irulan Carino is the perfect casting. There you go. She that might is, even. Yeah. They didn't. I casting. guess they didn't. Did they reveal that yet? That Florence Pugh. Would be playing There's that a character? photo that leaked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's. She, and also, she had a Vanity Fair photo shoot in Italy, and they're filming in Italy right now. It's like. Yeah, oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love. I love Florence Pugh. She is. Yeah. Who else could play the most perfect person in the in the galaxy? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, good choice. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of sequels, um, number four on my list is Samara Weaving, Tony Revolori. Um, they have just joined the cast of the Scream sequel. This is the sixth installment of the horror franchise. Um, and, um, you know, the cast that returns are the people that survived the last Scream film. The young cast, basically. But Sydney's not coming back. They, but they didn't Sydney Nev Campbell will not return, citing pay issues, which pay is her. Pay her, yes, got, pay you, her. You got the money. I know. It's ridiculous. Absolutely effing ridiculous, man. This Absolutely. franchise didn't hinge on her. Uh, she's in all five of the movies, and she's the totally main agree. character. Totally agree. It's like doing a Friday the 13th movie without Jason Voorhees. Like, why would you call it Friday the 13th? He's the I reason know. people showed up. I know. That's crazy. Um, number four, a couple more uh, sequel films, uh, including, well, this one's a prequel. The Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, just added Peter Dinklage. That's Tyrion Lannister as Casca Highbottom, Dean of the Academy. Uh, so this will be an adaptation of Suzanne Collins' novel, and we're going to get this November of 2023 as well. Wow, that's a big month. Uh, Dune 2 and um, the Hunger Games prequel are dropping both in November of 2023. I think they're probably going to be a couple weeks apart. Oh, yeah, that would make, that would make the best sense. Because Dune, right? Dune is like Oscar material. Hunger Games is like, eh, whatever. But, yeah, I, I doubt they would. Yeah, there's there's like a one blockbuster rule per week, I think, right? Nah, that, that didn't used to be the case. Yeah, we've had a couple. We have had a couple of big ones land at the same time. Okay, it's happened every now and again. Um, another sequel that I'm really looking forward to is Mortal Kombat. Um, so yes, this is the Mortal Kombat sequel. Oh, is it actually moving forward? That thing just yes. kind of disappeared. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, and director Simon McCoy set to return. As you know, they already teased johnny cage in the sequel at the end of the first film so you know they got to deliver on that you know all the fans want to see uh, everybody back and you know what that i kind of uh made a very um you know it was a very fine film as jesse says a fine film yeah uh, based, it's like a six or seven out of ten it's fine <laughs> based on the fact that you didn't really have a known cast and they kind of delivered with with actors that you weren't too familiar with so that's one thing yeah. that they did really well um so uh um, so I guess we can move into the special topic, um, which is um, based, you know, just talking about Mortal Kombat, right? What is your favorite movie or uh, adaptation of a video game? Um, and you can mm. throw in TV series if you'd like. Um, name a favorite and an honorable mention. Favorite and honorable mention. So for me, I guess I'll start. Um, my top um, favorite movie adaptation of a video game is 1994's Street Fighter. 
Uh, it was it was fun. It was silly. It was campy. The, the, the Jean Claude Van Damme one. Jean Claude Van Damme. You had Raul Julia. If you ever get the chance, you should. Uh, I I don't know if you've ever read it. There's this like oral history about the making of that movie that is hysterically funny. It's such right. a fucking train wreck. <laughs> like how many things went wrong with that movie and how well terrible a person Jean-Claude Van Damme apparently is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, despite his, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, offset behavior, General Zod, I thought it was a very fine yeah. film, even more than fine. Um, obviously, I saw this in my youth, but it was a film that I'll just never forget because, you know, I, it was very smart. It came out around the time of the popularity of the video game, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so that's why the they thing, made like, an adaptation because the game was popular. So popular, but like you got like Sonic the Hedgehog, um, which was more popular around the same time. But you're finally coming out with a movie uh, in 2022, you know, uh, in 2021, you know. So the timing was perfect for that one. Um, Raul Julia, he sadly passed away not too long after that film uh, wrapped. Um, and uh, you know, of course, you got Ming Na Wen, right? Oh yes, Sonic Yeah, she was in that. I totally yes. felt that. Yeah, yeah. Heidi Klum is in that. Yeah, that, that that's pretty stacked cast, honestly. Yeah, Byron Mann as Ryu. You have Kylie Minogue, who everybody remembers her, British yeah. singer. Well, oh, well, not Heidi Klum. Yeah, yeah, Kylie Minogue. That's who it was. Kylie Minogue, right? Yeah, so when we yeah. Heidi Klum, I was like, which one was her? Kylie Minogue had an affair with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme on the set when they were making. There you go. That. And oh, apparently, yeah, it right. broke up yeah. both of their it broke up both of their marriages. Yikes. So you better take note, General Zod. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you get on set. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm bad. Um, okay, honorable mention. Um, it's going to be uh, – my honorable mention is a tie uh, with uh, 2021's Mortal Kombat because, as I said earlier, it was fun. Um, you know, I I really missed um, – the franchise, something for the, it's been been a minute since something for the Mortal uh, Kombat franchise got released, and uh, it was action packed. Uh, the story made sense, um, and Mortal Kombat 2021 ties for uh, with me with the first Tomb Raider movie with Angelina Jolie, 2001. Um, I thought it was a great film, you know. Um, I mean, I love Angelina Jolie. What's not? You know what's not to uh, like about her, but uh, the performances Angelina Jolie and Daniel Craig uh, were great in that film. And um, Daniel Craig hates that movie. <laughs> I know he hates it, but it, it's a fun film, man. I thought it was a fair, fun film, um, and that's going to be uh, tied for honorable mention: Mortal Kombat 2021 and Tomb Raider. All right, uh, Jesse, do you have a favorite uh, video game adaptation? Uh, uh, probably Mortal Kombat's probably the a really good one. Choose um, which year? The the new one, the new twenty twenty one. Okay, yeah, the old one didn't age very well. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, honorable mention. I've actually skipped a lot of them because I'm just like I don't care. Don't um, forget your Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Well, they all suck. Um, <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children. It's okay. a. It was made specifically for the fans. Like it's a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. It's like it's not a great movie, but in terms of getting like the spirit and the tone correct, it's like yeah, it's a nice little 
epilogue to the game. It wraps it up fine. It's there's like no character development at all. It's just action, but it's good looking. It's good looking, and it, the story is kind of like eh, whatever. That's no. a good pick, and you definitely liked uh, Mortal Kombat because you cosplayed as Kano. Shortly oh, I did after. classic Kano. Yeah, 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 shortly after that film, right? So there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right, General Zod, how about you? Your favorite uh, film or TV adaptation from a video game? Okay, so this one was a little tough for me because, like Jesse, a lot of times, like when I see that a movie is made from a video game, that immediately gives it a couple of. Uh, it suddenly becomes a lot harder to make me see the movie. <laughs> and. Um, and that's because, yeah, like, you know, I still keep thinking of video game movies as like, let me see, like I like, for example, I loved the Silent Hill video games and I was all excited when the movie came up, came out for that. Right. Oh, that movie yeah. is terrible. <laughs> and I went to see it. And it was god awful. Oh, wow. And but I remember how much I like absolutely adored playing the both the original silent hill and silent hill 2 and uh you know that really burned me <laughs> i remember yeah. did you see this did you see the sequel revelations it's even i never worse. saw the sequel oh it's it's worse it's 10 percent on rotten tomatoes oh okay but i mean there are a couple that um you know at least so can we can we expand it a little bit do they actually have to be real video games I mean, I saw an article that had a list. There's like 40 to choose from. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Um, because, like, I like Free Guy a lot, and that's kind of based on a video game, but it's. Yeah. Uh, no, one oh, more I, time. I, 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 I got a uh, Free Guy. You free, free Guy. Yeah. Yeah, got, that, was a, that was a really fun movie. Oh, uh, what's another good one? Oh, okay. Detective Pikachu. That was a super uh, fun movie. <laughs> I watched that with my nephew. That was a yeah. Movie. That was a, I watched that with my son, and he loved it, and so did I. I really enjoyed watching that. <laughs> okay. What about and that's the... like you know that that's based on a video game, like Pokemon's a video game. So yeah. it's like uh, so I guess I'll go with Detective Pikachu, and um, now I got to look at the list. And what about uh, what about the Crank that's movies? They're kind of like live action Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but that's but apparently we can't say those because they're not real video games. I know, but still, it's like they're they are very heavily inspired by games. So okay, and for the show, you know, I mean, for the honorable mention, I'm gonna go with Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego because I loved that as a kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's based on a video game. Uh, yeah. So you know, who who doesn't love Rockapella singing Where in the World is yeah. Carmen? San Diego. What weren't they trying to do a movie of that for a while and just kind of got canceled? What happened to that? Did they ma- they might have actually made that. I don't oh. know. I know it was a cartoon series from a long time ago, but I don't know what happened to it. I think it did it not become a live action. I don't think so. I think they were planning on it, but I don't think it moved forward. It, I haven't. Or heard maybe it's in, still in post production. But I, I thought it, I, I I don't know. Thought I recall talking about it. Okay. Well, there you go. There's some good uh, choices for uh, video game adaptations that we uh, that we liked. And, and the other thing, the other thing about that is a lot of video games, like especially, well, I don't really have the time to play them anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, at least uh, up until when I stopped like playing like really, really in depth, like cinematic style video games. I mean, a lot of them are really cinematic, and a lot, and some of them actually. Like, you know, they get top tier acting talent to um, 
to do the voices in them. And some of them actually do have really, really compelling storylines. So you can kind of... Um, oh, I'm, that made me realize something. Um, Castlevania. Castlevania is a good one. Yeah, the yeah, series on, on Netflix. Netflix. It's actually quite good. Yeah, it's really, really good. I forgot yeah, about that. That, that yeah. counts too. That, will that be your honorable mention or your winner? Uh, I, I put that as my winner actually because that's actually okay. a really, really well-made show. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, this was and it's only topic. four episodes a season. Thank God. Oh, that's nice and quick. Nice and quick. You blow right through it. Yeah, we need something like that. That's what she And of course, you could also expand it out because they make video games based on superheroes, for example, like all the Batman Arkham. I know, but now you could include any movie now. So I, <laughs> yeah. like, I like how we limited the list. It makes it a little more selective. Okay. All so right. you could say, I really love The Dark Knight, so I guess I'll go I with know. Batman. I get it, but I, I would include that on the list. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right, number five on my list. Uh, one of my boys, Michael Pena. I call him my boys because I stood in for him twice, you know, on two different projects. He's got a, a, a sci-fi movie a, a tr- playing a true, well, maybe like um, a sci-fi biopic, I guess, because it's based on true life. A Mexican-American astronaut, Jose Hernandez, in um, A Million Miles Away, and it's based on the autobiography Reaching for the Stars. Um, and described as the first migrant uh, farm worker to travel into space. Um, mm. And he didn't learn English until the age of 12 and spent his childhood moving from town to town, working in the fields uh, with his family. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is um, in production now. And uh, number six on my list is a big movie called Babylon, guys. This is La La Land director Damien Chazelle, uh, his return to the golden age of Hollywood. Um, and uh, it's a star-studded cast. It's Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, who were both in um, Once Upon a Time, Olivia Wilde, Samara Weaving, who Samara, a lot of people say is a Margot Robbie clone. I might have to agree with that. Oh, they look exactly the Don't same. they look Why a lot Why have they not played sisters? Why they should. They- yeah, well, it's like um, they're both hot and blonde. Yeah, like, what's uh, uh, what are those two actors? Tom Hardy and Logan Marshall Green. They look exactly the same. Right. Yeah. Why are they like? Why do they not just right. cast or them Javier as brothers? and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh well, that's yeah, another, that's another good. One. He's like the Latin version of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison. And it doesn't end there. Tobey Maguire, Spider Man, Gene Smart. Spike Jones, Chloe Fineman. Oh, that's your favorite. Uh, I love Chloe. I love Chloe Fineman for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And last but not least, a guy that surprised us all in the Obi-Wan series, Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Can you believe he's in this movie, Flea? This is Flea is just it's just wild. He's a bass player of a of a of a rock punk funk band. You know? He was in the Back to the Future trilogy. So. I know, but yeah. it's... he was in Point Break. Yeah, I know. I oh think yeah, it's so cool. But <laughs> didn't he take a long hiatus from acting? I guess he just came back and in the Obi Wan series, and then he's in this. He big still movie. kind of plays the same character whenever he's in something, <laughs> but it's right. Like... And he did fine. He did fine in the Obi Wan series. So uh... for the two episodes he's in. Yeah. <laughs> Is he so... in two? I thought he was only in the first one. Uh, no, I think it's only two episodes. I, think it's, I don't yeah. know. I I don't remember much. Only of this two show. episodes. Yeah, you're right. He's oh, killed oh. off in the end, of, in like the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I I was I was just surprised that I because I thought he was only in the very first episode of mm-hmm. everyone. But okay. Yeah. 
So the film will focus on the industry's turn to sound and how it impacted um, the film industry in the late 1920s. So that's when they went from silent films over to, um, you know, film with sound, <laughs> films that we watch. You know, we, we had a movie like that. It was The Artist. It's like just like The Artist. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They actually compared it to The Artist. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, yeah, I guess they're gonna. Go down that road. Uh, the artist was completely in black and white. This one will be in color. Yeah. If I recall, I, I, yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of the artist. It's it's fine. It's fine, right? <laughs> it's one of All those right. movies. It's fine. It's just fine. <laughs> uh, fine is like a six out of ten, right? Yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> All right. Number seven on my list is Netflix. What's going on Netflix? Well, we have The Gray Man. This is the film that you were thinking of a while back, Zod. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, Russo Brothers directing Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. And uh, I mean, you know, they're, I mean, the Russo Brothers are great with Chris Evans. They're kind of like a great team, you know? I mean, they've worked together in Captain America Winter Soldier, The Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, you know? And uh, this time, Evans plays the villain, not the hero. And Ryan Gosling is the protagonist. Hasn't he played a villain before? Yeah, in oh, knives out, knives out, knives right. out, yeah, knives out, right. He's also kind of a villain in Scott Pilgrim. Oh he's, yeah, he's one, one, of, the, one of the boyfriends. Boyfriends, yeah, yeah. So and I'm uh, sure he's done like smaller stuff where he's been a not nice guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The film drops uh, July twenty second. Uh, that is uh, tomorrow on Netflix. Um, um, it dropped in theaters and limited theater release last week. So, um, but you know, it's got a fifty three percent critics on Rotten Tomatoes and eighty eight percent audience scores. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's it fine. You know, kind of sounds about right. I just I saw I saw posters for it and I was kind of like, yeah, I, I can guess what this is. Right. I haven't even watched the trailer and I just don't care. Uh, that will be fun. It's the Rooster Brothers, you know? I mean, we loved Endgame, right? So, but what could they, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, now they're taking the, the, the genre out of it, so we'll see what they can do. Um, all right. This is a really cool trailer. I think we were talking about like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. It's not exactly that, but it's uh, Lily Reinhardt of Riverdale. And it's a Netflix film called Look Both Ways. So it it goes back and forth. Uh, if she had a baby uh, in her in her young life, I think when she just graduated college, uh, and then it shows her life if she decided not to have the baby, mm. and it goes back and forth to those two alternate timelines, and they, um, I think that's very clever. I don't think I've, you know, um, yeah, it's basically the experience of one woman's life drawn in two different directions. Well, that's uh, that's the. Uh... Not exactly the plot, but it's kind of like that Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Sliding Doors. Oh, yeah? That's similar to it? goes back yeah. and forth to what if? Yeah, it's like a what if story if, like, she goes on to this, like... I mean, it's... Sliding Doors is kind of a dumb romantic comedy, but it's a... Um, what if she goes on to this subway train or, or she doesn't? And it shows what happens both ways. So I was waiting for uh, T- uh, Tiffany... Tiffany... Uh, Marie Ford, Miss TMF, to talk Resident Evil with us, but uh, apparently um, still dealing with uh, the the newborn. So, um, so and I, uh, so she won't be joining us tonight. So I guess we're, we'll go ahead and talk about Resident Evil. Uh, so it uh, sucks. 
<laughs> I had sucks. to watch the first episode. I might say it sucks if I keep watching Jesse, but yes. I got to admit that first episode was pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I um, like the first episode. It's, yeah. it's after that where it starts to fall apart. I see. But, you know, you really develop the, the Is it better than the movies? Yes. <laughs> it's, That's it's, a good, you know, it's good decent character looking. development. It's, it's decent. It's, the other thing is that they try to say it fits within the timeline of the games, okay. which doesn't quite work. <laughs> it does because they say that it's canon to the games, but the games aren't canon to the show. It's almost they're using the games as a springboard to tell their own story. Okay. So it's not directly connected to the games because also like the big change is that <laughs> Albert Wesker is now a black man, Lance Reddick. Whereas right. in the games, he's a white guy. So it's like they gotcha. even acknowledge Wesker being killed in a volcano in Resident Evil 5. <laughs> they straight up say like, oh, yeah, the old Wesker died in a volcano. He so wasn't this, a nice this guy. This is a complete reboot. So so well, it's, they're, it's saying, they're saying that there was a white Wesker because the, the one yeah. in the games was always white. And it's yeah. a new guy. Yeah, so Wesker is like some kind of like legacy title. No, no, it's 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 meant to be the same person. They're just saying like, oh, we're just we just cast Lance Reddick because he's really. Good. Oh, I would assume oh. there would be a reboot because they killed the white guy in the fifth film. Well, they eventually get back to there's um, he cloned himself. Okay. So there's multiple versions. You ever seen that movie Multiplicity? When mm, Michael yeah. Keaton plays, yeah, it's that. Yeah, I remember that. There's one, yeah. like four or five different Weskers. Like one is named Albie, one's named Bert. There's the original Albert Wesker, and it's like they have different That's types of personalities. That's my childhood name, Alvy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's very dumb. It's very dumb. <laughs> very dumb. They, like what? Well, they, do they do they ever do they have like uh, this is something I've always wondered. Do they ever explain why there's a city named Raccoon City? Just they just wanted to call it Raccoon City. <laughs> I just wanted to call it that. It's kind of cool, right? <laughs> it's it's very dumb. It's um also the biggest the biggest problem is that it takes place as two separate timelines. There's the past timeline, right. and then there's the future timeline in the in the apocalypse, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. The past um, timeline being current year. Yeah, what's what ruins it is that you're wondering like, oh, is this person gonna turn? Is the virus gonna break out? Well, of course it fucking does, because we see the future. <laughs> there's no tension. Right. It reminds me of Arrow, where it's like, oh, does he, is he going to die on the island? Fuck no, he gets off the island. <laughs> like, there's no tension. There's no point in showing it because it doesn't mean anything. Well, one thing that the, the first episode did do really well is developing the um, protagonist's uh, father, Lance Reddick, and his two twin yeah. daughters. And it's a little bit of a coming-of-age story with them as well. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's also a problem is that it feels like the CW. It feels like Riverdale. But like, with F bombs. Yeah, this is this is Resident Evil. What is this crap? <laughs> like, it's not it's not scary. It's not frightening. It's not well written. It's and then there is a dance number in I think it's episode six or seven. That's the point where I was like, I'm out. I'm done. Wait, this you're stupid. almost done. You only have one more episode to go. No, I tapped out. I was like, I'll just skip you're ahead. Episode seven? You're gonna quit? I quit because I was like, this is. Dumb. Oh, I quit. Man. I quit. I'm not finishing it. I'm right, not that's, finishing that's it. That's fair. Well, a lot of people liked it, uh, according to viewers, because it knocked Stranger Things from the number one spot after that. that uh, Stranger Things was on on the top of the list for. That will change pretty like, quickly because we, user um, reviews are are like, was it like 26 percent? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. 
Well, I think the reason why it knocked Stranger Things off is because everyone's seen Stranger Things. Yeah, everybody watched it. Everybody watched (laughs) it. They binged it already. So it's like, what else is on Netflix? Watched it ahead of time. Yeah, there's no one watching Stranger Things now. I think everybody already watched it, except for Jesse. Jesse. I just finally watched season three. I watched season three, and I was right. I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay, it's exactly what. It's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, it's the big bad. It's the same story for the third time. It gets really bonkers, like the whole like Russian storyline and everything. Yeah. yeah, that gets a little different, Jesse. Once you get to season four, you'll see. Are there like two hour episodes? Yeah. The Why? last two episodes are two hours. Yeah. Why? I guess there wasn't a, a real good point to kind of break it into an episode. That's my predi- uh, guess. Then write it better. You know, because, you it's know, when you do job. episodic television, you have to cut it at a certain point, which makes sense. So they thought it was just better because it was, you know, it it just con- continued. But uh, speaking of Stranger Things, this is interesting. I don't know why Noah Schnapp, who plays Will Byers in Stranger Things, uh, divulged this after you know, season four, you know, dropped. But he confirmed that Will Byers' character is gay, um, and that he has romantic feelings for his best friend Mike, played by Finn Wolfhard. And um, now he doesn't officially come out in season four, but basically says that the arc for his character is clear. So that's they're going to go into that story arc in season five. I wonder why, you know, I wonder why he decided to or maybe maybe he was instructed to. But that's kind of a big spoiler, you know, Um, you know, develop that story and go go into that for the audiences to see. But he's divulging something about the plot of the final season of stranger things by saying that he's, that his character is gay. Um, which you could kind of see that he was kind of getting like a little jealous between 11 and Mike's relationship. Um, you kind of saw that. that in season three where, um, Oh, even in season three as well. Okay. They hit, I remember they hinted at it in, um, who was, what's the black kid's name? Remind me his name. Lucas. Thank you. Yes. Lucas. He says to Will at one point, yeah, I don't care if you don't like girls. It's like, yeah, it's something like that. He says something like, he's like, he kind of knows, right. you know, it's it's like a one-off statement. Okay. Yeah, but now looking at it in retrospect, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. So that that's a big reveal. Um, and the last thing I have for Netflix is uh, from the creators of Cobra Kai. It's a series called Obliterated. We've mentioned this before, but they just rounded out their cast. This is uh, from the creators Josh Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. Um, so they just cast C. Thomas Howell. He's a legendary actor. He's been around for a while. Allison Gorski, Eugene Kim, Terrence Terrell, Aman- Amalia Yu, Paula Lazaro, who plays the princess in The Walking Dead. They're going to be se- um, series regulars. Um, and they join Shelley Hannigan, Nick Zano. So it's a, about a special forces team who thwarts a deadly attack to las vegas um so they have a so it's rainbow it's rainbow six vegas so they, they have a celebrated tory party filled with booze drugs sex and the team discovers that a bomb that they deactivated was fake and so they have to fight through being all fucked up and overcome their personal issues and find the real bomb. <laughs> they have to stop a terrorist attack while drunk. That's great. Right, because they thought, oh, that's they, good. Thought they, re, they thought they deactivated the real bomb and were heroes, and now they're that's, like, fuck. That's actually pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I like that. 
this comes uh, from the minds of the Cobra Kai folks. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I like the plot, and I love Cobra Kai. So I'm hoping they uh, deliver on this series. So that's going to be awesome. All right. Number eight is Disney+. Plus. Um, Jesse, you'll be su- – I know you'll be very surprised to know. They just announced Deadpool. Deadpool 2 and Logan will make their debuts on Disney Plus on mm. Friday, July 22nd. And I, I remember you saying there's no way they would put that on Disney well, Plus. Well, because they have to because they they because in Miss Marvel they announced that, oh, mutants are a thing now. Okay. Okay. So they, they're like, oh, well, we have to put week. this stuff in there now. Yeah. Well, but, but, I mean, they already let's, had all let's these. Let's place our bets. What are they going to change in Logan and Deadpool? What are they going to edit? Are you going to? Are they going to edit stuff out? That would. Well, they've suck. done that. They they've done that on Disney Plus. They fucked they, stuff up. They did do so that you, with you Splash. Think they're going to right. edit out all the f bombs or. No, they'll they'll make like slight changes or they'll they'll swap out stuff or or yeah, like that scene will. where where Vanessa pegs Deadpool. Yeah, they they will definitely cut that. Okay. <laughs> that will not be there. <laughs> yeah, they're they going to make changes. There's no way they're going to put that on there, which is hilarious because, like, in, well, in the UK, if you have a VPN and watch Disney+, Plus, you can get all the Fox stuff. Like, Die Hard's on there. Alien is on there. Like, okay. it's just in America, they don't put it on there because, like, fucking soccer moms don't want their kids watching R-rated material. Well, how about you be a better parent and just well, don't let them just browse, you know, without you in the room? They're claiming that this is R-rated content will appear on the family-friendly streamer, and then you'll have uh, subscribers will have parental controls, um, you know, the settings to ensure that you know, right. you know those can, you can view it. Um, so like so, every other service. Yeah, but okay. if they do tweak some things, yeah, I guess you know they did tweak uh, that splash movie where they they did digital yeah, hair to cover they did. They uh, did. the the girl's ass. Yeah, but. Maybe maybe they're changing their tune now. I don't know because you know now the Netflix stuff is all on Disney Plus too. So I don't. Well, they I, made changes to that too. See, I didn't hear about that. They did I, make I, some changes. They, they also did. added okay. parental advisories as well. It's like they did make some changes. I didn't hear about making changes to that content. Okay. Let me let me find it. Yeah, let's let's fact check that one if if they're gonna keep um, the original content of the Netflix series and of course Deadpool and Logan. So. While Jesse's checking that out, um, also on Disney Plus, you can look forward to Lightyear, and I did miss one. This one, I did miss this one in the theaters, so I'm really happy that it's going to drop on Disney Plus on August 3rd. Also, Disney Plus announced uh, a new series um, with Rose Marie DeWitt, Luke Kirby, Judith Light have been added to the cast of Out of Mind. This is a Disney Plus original movie. Adapted from Sharon Draper's award-winning novel of the same name. It follows Melody Brooks, a girl with cerebral palsy, and she has quick wit and sharp mind due to her being nonverbal and using a wheelchair. Um, and uh, it's basically her story. You know, she's not giving uh, given the same academic opportunities to classmates, and uh, apparently, um, yeah, this is um, one of those films that will pull on the heartstrings. Mm. I'm checking this now. Okay, yeah. Okay, it it wasn't that they censored it. It's that they removed a tribute to Stan Lee, and they put in parental advisories, and they removed the Netflix logo. That's what it was. Why did they remove a tribute to Stan Lee? That seems weird. That, uh... When it's in all the other existing movies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. That is really, really weird. Oh, it's Punisher Season 2 finale. Apparently edited uh, the tribute to Stan Lee. Okay. 
Oh, it's a badly timed tribute to Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh. Badly timed when it was released? Yeah. Uh, in loving memory of Stan Lee uh, on, on The Punisher, a character he didn't like. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. It appears right before John Bernthal violently uh, shot a group of criminals. So it's like, yeah, it's in, it's in bad taste. There you it's, go. I, that makes sense. That makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as you know, the new Star Wars series uh, on Disney Plus will be called Star Wars Skeleton Crew. We, we don't know much about this at all, but it will be the second most expensive TV show to be funded by California's tax credit program, only behind Penny Dreadful City of Angels. Interesting. Really? So, uh, apparently... How, Cal- how's expe- how expensive is expensive? Well, they're getting 20.9, basically $21 million in tax subsidies for star wars skeleton crew so that's a lot of that's that's some good coin there but what is the production budget that's a good well maybe they'll spend all of it right uh (laughs) i'm asking how much is the show costing is what i'm asking well the they didn't say how much of the 21 million they're getting they're going to spend. I mean, certainly they can spend. Well, that, that's a tax. It. That's a tax credit. I'm talking right. about like the full production budget from episode to episode. Like how much? Yeah, they didn't divulge that yet. At least, uh, and my resources revealed. Um, but they're saying it's the second second most expensive TV show ever fueled by the tax credit program. So, yeah. Um. Here it is. Uh, oh, wow. Season one estimated to cost $136 million. Oh, wow. You found it. This is for Skeleton Crew. Yeah. Th- this came out three days ago. Dude, that's you, that's like Marvel film level. Yeah. like That's a feature film level. Why do these things have to cost as much as it would take to rebuild a third world nation? And is Disney Plus doing that great with subscribers that they can... I don't know. Maintain that? Wow, that's know. crazy. That's insanely high for a TV that show. That is crazy. That is just crazy. That is insane. Um, wow. Um, this is an interesting thing about Star Wars. Simon Pegg was asked, uh, which franchise has the hardest fans to please? And we all know the answer to that. Star he, Wars. Star Wars. Yep, that was his answer. And he said, to be honest, as someone who kind of was you know, kicked off about the prequels when they came off, came out the star wars fan base really seems to be the most kind of toxic at the moment i'm probably going to be very controversial to say that and uh he talked about jar jar binks you know uh, who's played by actor ahmed best and um apparently he (laughs) would contribute to that backlash but basically he says he apologizes for that because you know, there's an actor involved, you know, and he mm-hmm. was getting a lot of flack and he was a human being and, you know, you know, he was suicidal, you know, I mean, yes. And then you have like Kelly Marie Tran who had to see uh, leave social media. And then you had Moses, Moses Ingram who had to deal with racist fans. And uh, I would definitely wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Star Wars fans are just some of them are really, really, at, really real dicks. Man. Yeah. Seriously. DC fans are pretty bad, too. DC's pretty bad too. Yeah. Well, yeah. specifically Zack Snyder fans. <laughs> well, they, they're saying <laughs> they like, will not a, a let lot go of, those, of how much how much they got that Snyder cut. They will not let go of it. A lot of a lot of those uh, supposed Zack Snyder fans, the ones who really really pushed for the the yeah Snyder, they were bots. They were yeah, bots. They, it was revealed they were bot a lot of bots. Right. 
And um, that's right. Yeah. So that kind of that's probably why they won the the Oscar for they did that new audience choice award at the Oscars and mm-hmm. and uh, the Zack Snyder Justice League director's cut won. So uh, yeah. Now that it kind of makes and, and, sense. So like no applause in the audience. Well, I mean, yeah. was, I, mean I liked it, but yeah. It was, I mean, it was okay. Like the Zack Snyder cut, I didn't hate it. But it, right. is, it but definitely it, came and went. No one remembers so it that, or cares. Yeah. So now it makes sense as to why I won. Yeah. yeah. But there's yeah. like, I mean, you can't limit. I mean, Star Wars is probably, they're probably the most vocal, but just about all genre entertainment has a toxic uh, toxic section of fandom right you can't you can't i mean there's plenty of like um uh there's plenty of bloviating old conservative comic book fans who get so angry when like oh sam wilson's captain america or uh, <laughs> or you know how can a black kid be spider-man or um you know shit like that and i mean you see it you see it i mean there's there's also like a big problem with that kind of stuff in all sorts of other niche things like i read this article about how insane some fans of like um you know those like harlequin romance novels yeah like there's some insanely intense fans in that in that group and there's uh somebody i guess uh you know a new one went in and <coughs> like um apparently a lot of them are really really like if you if you actually like the subject matter in those books is insanely conservative and like like politically conservative and everything and recently they tried to like you know introduce one that was a little bit more progressive it had like an interracial relationships and and everything in it and you know it was completely um it was completely attacked by the fan base and uh and that's something like you don't really think about like who the fuck thinks about harlequin romance novels that's for like you know 50 year old spinsters but it's like not Harlequin, uh, but Harley Quinn. That's yeah, odd. yeah. <laughs> but I see what you're saying, Zod. And one more point before we take a classic cut break in the world of Star Wars. Apparently, now he's not suing, but Joe Dante, the Gremlins director, apparently feels that the Baby Yoda character has a lot of similarities to the cuddly Gizmo. Oh, no no shit. You don't and say. Kind of look, they um, both have big ears. That's about big it. Ears. They got the big <laughs> black eyes, you know. They're super cute. Um, and apparently, um, he says the longevity of the films is really key to this one character, Gizmo, who is essentially like a baby, which brings you, of course, the Baby Yoda, who is completely stolen or is just out and out copied shamelessly i would think wow good god um but what's uh, the last thing joe dante did exactly uh small soldiers i think oh my oh there's a terrible movie (laughs) yeah i mean good so people have been bombarding him on social media with with scale drawings comparatives etc also like the character of gizmo is much more kind of like um uh, much more kind of like snarky, a little more. Mm-hmm. He, he moves about much. He's much more kind of like quick witted, whereas with right. 
Baby Yoda is more kind of like aloof, like a like a really like a baby. Right. Yeah. They're not. They're. I can see where he's saying there's inspiration, but they are not the same thing. Ah, right. It looks like it looks like he does. A, he he directs a lot of TV series now. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, t- yeah. Ten well, episodes of the remake of Hawaii Five O. Well, if you didn't know, they have the Gremlin Secret of the Mogwai HBO Max animated series, where Dante serves as a consultant on that project. So. Yeah, so there you go. So I think this is a great time to take a classic cut break. Um, I thought one particular song from Stranger Things that was overlooked was a song that was played in the end credits of Episode 8, guys. And this is a a new wave band from the 80s, um, uh, and it's Susie Sue, Susie and the Banshees. This song, um, I don't know why this one didn't get like top of the charts, like Metallica's Master of Puppets and Kate Bush's uh, <laughs> uh, Running Up That Hill got. But uh, it's a great song, guys. Uh, so you're going to listen to that song here on BTB. From there, we're going to go uh, into our exclusive interviews from AwesomeCon. Uh, it's the artist corner here on BTB as I talk to artist Adriana Mello and artist Jason Bedauer from Joker Harley Criminal Sanity. So uh there's some good stuff coming up, guys. So we'll be back right after that. Okay. to stop by some of the great artists here at AwesomeCon with Jason Bedauer, Australian artist extraordinaire. Uh, you just uh, did an amazing book, Joker Harley, Criminal Insanity. Criminal Sanity. Criminal Sanity. Yes. Thank you. Thank well, you for the correction. The point, that yes. some of these killers, because they know what they're doing, that makes them sane. And we've been really blessed in society that we have very few of these sociopaths <laughs> that actually are intelligent enough to actually pull this off. That to A, be criminally sane and also be smart enough to do this and this is what this book posits that if the Joker was actually a real life person that that's the pro- the trouble that we would be in wow so tell us about the process of uh, collaborating with the writer and yourself uh, panel to panel how does that go when putting together the book oh look so I got to work with the absolutely incredible Cami Garcia and I don't say that lightly she's just an absolute pleasure to work with so my job I came on from issue two onwards and I took over doing the layout on the book, nice. I would get a script, and one of the things about Cammy's scripts is they're just so easy to work from. Nice. She writes very, very light scripts, but she gives me these huge Pinterest boards of moods, ideas, shots, costumes, everything. So it's like she defines the sand pit, and it's up to me to figure out how to build the castle in there. Wow, that is fantastic. Of course, this is a DC's Black Label, so Black Label is known for grittier, more more mature themes, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Vertigo did many years ago, right? Yeah. 
absolutely. This book is, uh, unfortunately, it's not for the kids. There, there is some absolutely gruesome stuff there. There are times where Cammy would be sending me texts of being like, so this is what the interior of stomach lining looks like. If you could capture that texture as accurately oh, as you smokes. could, that would be great. I drew my line at uh, Burns. Apparently Burns I, I struggle with, so Miko got to draw the Burns in there and did a spectacular job. Wow, wow. Yeah, so you, you can get colorful with the language. Uh, maybe it's a little more uh, mature um, you know, artwork for, for maybe some sexual situations, maybe. Is that what you could expect in the Black Label book? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that, I mean, that's the fun of it, being able to actually go yeah. anywhere that you that you need to. Yeah. That, but again, it's one of those things that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that I think it also needs to be endemic to the story, which I think is really important. Right. I feel very much like that anything you see in here is only maybe a couple steps beyond what you'd see in the Batman. In fact, I actually wish we'd drawn Commissioner Gordon as black, and then I could just give you this book and be like, pretend Batman left town for a year, and oh, Gordon wow. has to catch the Joker by himself with a profiler who's Dr. Harley Quinn. Wow, it could be canon that way, right? Look, I, I, I'm just, come on, HBO. This is, <laughs> this is your next thing. You can do it. Yes. Now, would would, um, would Har- or Harley Quinn be portrayed uh, if they were to do a movie version of this, of this storyline by Margot Robbie? Do you think she'd be fitting to, to play Harley? I mean, she could do any. I would. Yeah. One of the things, too, that we are so familiar with the concept of the multiverse, right? Yes. So we have a very different Harley here. And one of the things yeah. that I always struggle with the original Harley Quinn, look, I love Harley, but we never got to see her be super smart. Like, if you're working at Arkham Asylum, not in turning or anything, but an actual doctor at Arkham Asylum, right. which has to be the most dangerous institution in America, right. you better know your stuff. You've got to be good. But we never got to see a Harley who is actually really good at her job. So that's what we get to see in this. And I would love to see nice. Margot Robbie play a hyper-intelligent criminal profile. Yes. Huge Margot Robbie fan. I mean, she's amazing in so many ways. And yeah. yes, Criminal Sanity, of course, an upcoming, uh, a great, it's already out now. The, it uh, is, the uh, hardcover. Hardcover yeah. uh, graphic novel. And what do you have coming up uh, in the future? Oh, uh, right now, I'm, I wish I could talk about what I'm working on next, but I do oh. my own uh, uh, creator-owned project called Run Red, which is coming out, which is basically a zombie apocalypse set in a, in an, uh, uh, like a, a cabin in the Hindu Kush of an Afghan refuge. And it's a story about forgiveness and the toxic effect of anger. Wow. That sounds really awesome. Thank you. Can't wait to, to hear more about it and when you can announce your future projects. But in the meantime, this is a great book, Criminal Sanity. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, for talking to us here. And click on this and below the belt show. Awesome. So we had to stop by some of the incredible artists that are featured here at AwesomeCon. Here at Adriana Mello, artist extraordinaire. <laughs> I'm looking at your artwork and I'm so blown away by the talent. Oh, thank you. As a Star Wars fan, I, I love the uh, your Force Awakens uh, poster. Tell us a little bit about your inspiration um, to get into art uh-huh. and who are some of your artists that you've been influenced by in your artwork? Uh, I love, since I began working with comic books and it's mm-hmm. been at least 15 years, Yeah. Adam Hughes and yes. Alan Davis, they were like my two biggest source of reference for everything, inspiration, etc. Two great names. In Adam Hughes, uh, especially Adam Hughes for uh, color, composition, etc. So even for those um, the, the art war, the, the Star Wars pieces I have here, Game of 
of Thrones, uh, Wonder Woman, everything. There's a lot of, you know, the influence from uh, Adam Hughes. I see Adam Hughes. He's known for, like, the the bad girl art, you know? Yes, yes. (laughs) And I certainly see some of the influences here. uh, Right here, No Justice, Riverdale. Um, It seems like uh, a lot of your art is female-focused. Yes. Would that be uh, fair to assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome. Now, um, tell us who are some of your favorite fandoms to uh, illustrate for. Oh, I worked for, like, two years for uh, Titan Comics drawing a comic book about the no- uh, ninth Doctor. Oh, nice. So I, 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 I love, love, love Doctor Who. I'm a Whovian myself. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and also love everything related to Star Wars. So those yes. are the two things I love the most to, to, to draw. Awesome. I can see right away <laughs> your fandom shows through. Yeah. And the Star Wars art and the Doctor Who art that you have yes. here today. Wow. Adriana, thank you so much oh, for talking to us here. For- Blow the Bell Show, click on this. And more artists to be featured get to come. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you. That was great. Yeah, that was Susie and the Banshees. Spellbound. Zod, are you a fan of Susie and the Banshees? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like, uh, you know, um, Peekaboo is a really, really great song. That That's is fun. a great yeah. song. But how how pleased were you to hear that song at the end credits of Episode 8 of Stranger Things? Oh, that was really great. I mean, I've loved all the music on there. So it's, uh, I do, I do like when they do veer away from, um, you know, that that's sort of like what we expect, like, 80s songs to be. You know, like, you know, the the stereotypical what most kids think of like 80 songs are just like take on me and girls just want to have fun and things right. like that. Right. <laughs> and, and that's, ex- that's exactly why Kate Bush is probably the happiest artist from the 80s right now. Yeah, because that song has gotten so much attention. I know they how re- much is she making royalties from that? God, I don't know, like but it was millions of dollars or something like that. Maybe she did. I mean, I was number one on iTunes. It was top of the pop charts, top of the yeah. alternative rock charts, um, you know, iTunes and everything. So, you know, it's worth talking about that the music industry, they're saying that like older music, music that's at least 10 years old, um, so vastly outsells anything newer. And uh, because it's good, yeah. Well, you can say that, but <laughs> as there's, simple there's, as that. Regardless of what of era it, you're in, there's good music, no matter where you are. It's just no matter what year it is, because yeah. like I when mean, you're, there's there's always good music. It's just a matter yeah. of finding it. It's, it's yeah. like like it's a matter of promoting it, finding it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it's but they're they're saying that like it's it's actually becoming a real problem. Like, uh, yeah, it's almost impossible for a musician to make a living unless yeah. you're like Taylor Swift or you're like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're like, like one one of my favorite bands is Gunship and they never crack the top ten. Right. Yeah. You know, they they like they're they have great music. They have a couple of albums and they're well known, but they, yeah, they. Barely ever. I remember you selecting. Well, like a, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta actually wonder mm, like, how much, <laughs> how much do you think the members of Gunship are actually making in terms of money? Oh, like, not much. Yeah, <laughs> not much. They're, they're probably, doing it because they're doing it because they like it. You know, right, they do. right, right. Yeah, most musicians these days they make enough to survive, and that's it. But that's that's you know that's all I really care about. Like the work will last. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, money isn't forever. Your work is. You know. There you go. Don't you don't go. try to just aim to be a musician because you want a big house. It's not going to happen. Most people don't ever make it to that. Put the art first. Yeah. That's what you got to do. The art right, and the work. There you go. Very good. All right. Let's get back to the top 20. Uh, number eight is HBO Max. Well, we got a, a big trailer, a full-size trailer, the first official trailer, if you will, for House of the Dragon. This is the Game of Thrones prequel, uh, which drops on August 21st. Again, set 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones, it follows uh, the House Targaryen under the rule of Viserys the first, and uh, the trailer was really epic looking, guys. It was a beautiful trailer. You know, you know what I love, and you can we can talk. I mean, the the trailer did look good. Did you check it, does, it out, Sod? I did, and it looks exciting as fuck. Um, yeah, I, I want to see it. But they they burned all goodwill with that last season, season eight. The last they, episode of the last season. Oh no, the well, <laughs> whole season sucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> whole season's awful. Uh, yeah, I mean, the battle yeah, of it was Winter, rushed. The battle of Winterfell. You can, it looks like you're looking at everything through a black mat. Like it's just it's awful. It was still exciting. If you could see it, it was still exciting. Dude, that was. Yeah, I mean, when, when we sat down, when we sat, when I remember sitting down and seeing that when it first, uh, you know, right. when when that episode aired and. Right. My jaw was on the floor. I was really, yeah. I mean, when you look back at it now, like looking at it, like through hindsight, yeah, there, it has a lot of, uh, it has a lot of issues, but mm-hmm. I just remember that moment when I was sitting there and saw it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, but yeah, it, it, it's it, still epic despite its visibility issues. Right. Yeah. It was still quite epic. Um, so, and this, Yeah. Okay, so this is something that I always, uh, and you can you can apply this because I know you're going to talk about um, Rings of Power too. Oh yeah, it's coming up. All right, okay. Well, maybe I'll wait until we talk about Rings of Power before I bring this up. Okay. It's a small little pet peeve I have with most like fantasy. We'll get to the Amazon stuff, and then uh, that's when uh, there's a bit of crossover with those because they're both prequel shows to very popular fantasy franchises. Exactly. Well, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, on HBO, there's this great show, and it stars Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. It's called The Idol, and it, there's a minute and a half teaser, and it's wild, dude. It's, I mean, topless women, champagne bottles, a car ride in California, into <laughs> a, a mansion. Ride in California, that's wild. <laughs> uh, lots of uh, women saying, lick it, spank it, drop it. Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember Lily Rose Depp in uh, Yoga Hosers as a 15-year-old girl, and she's certainly grown up, guys. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much uh, right before our eyes. Um, but yes, this uh, it's very racy, um, but you know, I think this is the weekend's first uh, foray into acting. I could be wrong, but I think so. Um, but uh, the trailer looks really exciting, so I, I highly recommend checking it out, guys. All right, um, number nine on my list, Showtime. Only one thing on Showtime is uh, a Fletch reboot. It's called Confess Fletch, starring John Hamm. It's going um, to gonna premiere on Showtime October 28th. <clears throat> of course, we all remember Chevy Chase, who brought Fletch to life in 1985 and 1989. Yeah. So timely. I just just, uh, just a week ago, I was curious, and I watched that 
Comedy Central. It's on YouTube, the roast yeah. of Chevy Chase, which, oh. <laughs> which was such a uh, which was such a debacle because apparently, like I'm sure you guys know how incredibly loathed and despised Chevy Chase is. Like yeah. in lately, he industry. has been a lot of things. He's <laughs> been a cranky old man. Lately. It's not like it's undeserved though. He's a huge no. Asshole. It's not. It's not undeserved at all. And there's a there's a funny article that pretty much lays down his history of being terrible from the beginning when he started. And that's really sad to hear, five. considering his his characters on his movies have always been good natured, funny. You know, likable characters. You know? Oh well, not in Community. He was okay. Well, that his that's character was an was an asshole. I mean, his that was probably the true to life character to who he really <laughs> right, is. Right there, you go. <laughs> and uh, so I think John Hamm will will do a better job of uh, you know having the torch, you know, carrying the torch <laughs> for this new Fletch on Showtime. So, all right, we got uh, stuff on Amazon, and of course, um, one film I'm looking forward to because I'm a big fan of Eddie Murphy. Is a comedy film called Candy Cane Lane. So I think Amazon and Eddie Murphy have this uh, distribution deal because they had the Coming to America sequel on Amazon. So this uh, film will be a first part of a three-picture deal that Murphy signed with Amazon. So there you go. Um, and, uh, of course, our favorite show on Amazon is The Boys. And The Boys spinoff, they have a title now. It's called Gen V. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if this is supposed to be the X Men group. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a there's an arc of the uh, the boys where they have like the X Men type characters, and it's yeah. really fucked up. There's a yeah. They're called the G Men. The G Men. Yeah. 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 And there's they're... like there's like ten different G Men teams, and they all hate each other. Yeah. That well, was... they all, they also imply that the Professor X character is a child molester, and he molests yeah. all of them, and so they all molest each other because they think it makes them better Jeez. superheroes. Is this G Men and Gen V the same? So this is America's. I, only... I feel like they're meant to be the same. They, they're clearly updating it. They're clearly they're, yeah, they're giving it a college spin, I guess, because it's yeah. America's only college exclusively for soups. Yeah, that's run gotta by, be that's gotta be the Charles Xavier School for the gift. Yeah, that's gotta run be by Vaude International. Yeah. Um, it's an R-rated series uh, that explores the lives of the hormonal competitive soups as they put on their physical, sexual, moral boundaries to the test. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's X Men. That's just X Men. Okay, so it's Jazz Sinclair, Shelley Kahn, Maddie Phillips, London Thor, Derek Lou, Asa German, and Patrick Schwarzenegger, Arnold's kid. I got a <laughs> funny thing on Arnold a little later. Sean uh, Patrick Thomas and Marco Pagasi. So there you go. Um, and of course, the big one on Prime is the two and a half minute teaser trailer for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Wow, dude. It's beautiful. It's a be- I mean, they spent a ton of money on this show. Half a billion. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so Half it's going to look a billion. It's going to look very cinematic. You know, they shot the first season. In New Zealand, apparently the second season is going to be shot in England. Uh, I guess they maybe realized it was a little too expensive maybe to shoot. How many seasons are they trying to go? You're right. They did kind of have a a map laid out of how many seasons they did want to go. I don't recall what it was. Mm. But so 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 how much source material do they have now? You know, uh, they're pulling Silmarillion stuff. Is that? Well, yeah, I mean, the Silmarillion is all, it's pretty much like an encyclopedia of middle yeah. Right, and, and they have to create the story surrounding these yeah, characters. Yeah, 
So so let me let me bring up the uh, the thing that's kind of a pet peeve of mine with I mean, I know this is like firmly established. I mean, this is firmly established in the book. So this is pro- presumably supposed to take place like thousands of years in the past compared mm. to the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. And you, and you look at it and not like it's thousands of years. Neither society or technology has changed at all. In those thousands, I, I, of I know. Years. I, I I acknowledge that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said, it's, I said it's, the same it's, thing. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I. Uh, so I think um we have to. Our panel has to be down by one. Um, yeah, I got I actually got so go to bed. Jesse Fresco has to do what I did earlier. Uh, t- yesterday is yeah. uh, be on set. I have to be up at five o'clock in the morning, and it is ten forty-five right now, so I gotta go to bed. <laughs> so uh, Jesse Fresco, Hardcore Bloodshot, podcaster extraordinaire. You did want to plug your upcoming podcast, uh, where you talk about uh, something relevant to what we talked about earlier. Um. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, we had an episode. We were talking about video game movies and TV shows. Uh, we did an episode of Two Whatever's Way Up, where we talked about we had. It was me and two other panelists talking about what games we want to see adapted into film or TV, and we each oh, picked three separate games. So we go into like what's being made right now. We talked about like the Fallout show being produced right now, which is being shot in New York. Like, so we, there's a lot of stuff that's on the docket to be made. A lot of it is Amazon. They're producing a lot of stuff, like Fallout's being through Amazon, uh, right. God of War is through Amazon. Right. There's a bunch of stuff that's being made. Last yeah. of Us is Amazon. Like but man, that comes out next year. Check out Jesse's Jesse's podcast. They talk mm-hmm. about that topic. So and Film but, Rescue Show is still going. We just did Dark Knight Rises. That was a miserable experience because Dark Knight Rises sucks. <laughs> it's a miserable, <laughs> miserable experience. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, Jesse, uh, thank you so much. That's Hardcore Bloodshot podcaster, cosplayer extraordinaire. Thanks for joining us. Of course, happy to be here. All right. All right. I'm going well, to bed. Great to see you, Jess. Good to see you too, man. All right. right. That's Jesse Fresco, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We're down to the the two-man panel of Mike General Zod and Celebrity Soto. Uh, The list, uh, now we're on number 11. So what's going on Apple TV, uh, the least popular of the streaming platform? So they got a project with Scarlett Johansson, which should maybe get a few subscribers. Uh, It's called Project Artemis. Um, apparently they have a new director, uh, Greg Berlanti, uh, will direct he's the, the film. He's the guy who did, his name sounds so familiar. Is, is, is he not the Arrowverse guy? Yeah, uh, he's the Arrowverse guy. So he's going to be actually directing this project. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then Channing Tatum in final negotiations to co-star alongside, uh, Scarlett, who is replacing Chris Evans. Are uh, they actually, uh, are they actually the least popular of all the streaming services? I think so. Compared to like even that's just my opinion. I didn't, even I, less than like Paramount Plus or Peacock. I think Paramount Plus and Peacock are doing a little better um, as far as subscribers. Or there's probably a list out there with with, with the um, you know number subscribers, number of subscribers in, in streaming platforms. But that that's kind of like my my guess because you know. Um, but you know th- this project sounds cool. Um, there's no logline or plot details yet. But it's said to be a rom-com set against the backdrop of Apollo 11 moon launch in 1968. That's that's a that's a cool idea. You could do that. That sounds really that. fun, right? Mm-hmm. Also, Apple's got a film with Jennifer Lawrence. Love Jennifer Lawrence, right? So it's a military yeah. drama 
uh, produced in association, in association with A24. Um, and uh, it's an original film. And apparently it's... Uh, let's see, what is it about? So, um, so the story follows a soldier struggling to adjust to her life after returning home to New Orleans. Okay. Well, that's well-worn territory. That's a lot of movies and books. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's, so, uh, yeah, she took a she took a break in act, a break from acting for a while, as you know, uh, and returned uh, in Don't Look Up on Netflix. So it's good to see Jennifer Lawrence working again. Um, wow, another lovely woman. And Christina Hendricks has a new starring role uh, in Apple TV's <coughs> The Buccaneers. This is inspired by Edith Wharton's unfinished novel. Where Hendricks plays Mrs. St. George, mother to Buccaneers, Nan and Ginny. Um, so, um, yeah. So, uh, in addition, Apple TV Plus has a Godzilla series, and it's going to be a family affair. As father and son, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell have been cast in the series. <laughs> cool. And I hope they play father and son, right? It makes sense. Yeah, um, you'd think so. It's like kind of annoying when they're like real like father, son, father, daughter, and they don't play like in Shit's Creek, they had the character Twyla, who's actually like Eugene Levy's uh daughter, and they uh-huh. they played her as a non relative, you know, it's kinda of like why, you know? But anyways, um Chinko Star, Anna Sawai, Ren Wat Watabi, Kiersey Clemens, Joe Tippett. Eliza Lasowski. So it's said in the aftermath of a battle between Godzilla and the Titans that decimated San Francisco, as depicted in 2014's Godzilla. All right. Okay, moving to number 12, Hulu. We have The Handmaid's Tale. Season 5 trailer just dropped. Um, sets up Elizabeth Moss's starring character against her... Former abuser Serena, played by Yvonne Strahowski. I really have to get into that. I haven't watched. I've, I've never only seen watched it. season one and I didn't finish. Yeah, but it's a very, very powerful, powerful series. And a lot of people, you know, have kind of posted memes of Handmaid's Tale due to the Supreme Court. Yeah, Supreme well, it's 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 decision a decision pretty... over. Turn Roe v. Wade, you know. Yeah, it's, so a, it's a pretty obvious, uh, obvious thing to connect there, and um, yeah. they were doing that when Amy Coney Barrett was uh, nominated for the Supreme Court because right. of a lot of things she said and did, mm-hmm. wound up doing. And um, but yeah, it's uh, that's definitely been on my list for a long time to get into, and now I finally have Hulu. So it, there you go, there you go, yeah. you can finally watch it. Yeah. Um, the next thing on my list is Dope Sick because I got I only watch my uh, my scene. In, oh yeah, I should watch. I got I got to watch the rest of it. Uh, what else do we have on Hulu? We have um, this looks like a really cool uh, series. It's called The Patient. It's a limited series as a therapist and a serial killer. Um, yeah, basically Steve Carell plays the therapist. Dom Hawk Leeson plays the serial killer, and he holds him hostage. Um and uh yeah, it looks pretty pretty crazy. Um definitely check out the trailer. Um basically it starts out as a as a routine session at first, and then the patiently the patient eventually devolves into a nightmare and reveals himself to be a serial killer who demands help to curb his homicidal urges. Um so yeah, yeah, this is 
pretty crazy series um, based mm-hmm. on the trailer. Uh, also, Hugh Jackman uh, will be doing an animated project on Hulu uh, from the creator of Rick and Morty. Um, and uh, it's called Koala Man. Koala uh, Man. Koala Man, yeah. So basically, it's, uh, it centers around a middle-aged dad and his not-so-secret identity whose only superpower is a burning passion to follow rules and snuffing out petty crime. <laughs> so it's uh, I'm gonna guess it's especially if it's by Rick and Morty the the creators of Rick and Morty yeah so it, it's going to be about really really absurd situations where he's snuffing out like really 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 tiny rule bending and that's yeah my... I mean it is taking place in Australia uh-huh. in the suburb of Dapto which as you know Hugh Jackman is Australian where the forces of evil both cosmic and man-made and line weight. Uh, he'll do whatever it takes to defeat villainous masterminds, supernatural horrors, or jerks who don't take their rubbish bins down on the property. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, moving on to number 13, AMC, Tales of the Walking Dead. This is a six-episode uh, series. It's anthology style, so every episode is self-contained Zod, so you can watch it without cool, cool, because having to finish so Walking Dead. You're so behind time. on Walking Dead. I think you should get back to Walking Dead first before you start The Handmaid's Tale, personally. But, okay, uh, because you know, it's I also, there's also Fear of the Walking Dead and what's the other one called? World's End or something? World Beyond, which only had two seasons and which was probably the worst. Oh, was it? Of the of the spinoffs, yeah. Well, there's only been three so far, and then of course we get a fourth one coming out next year with Isle of the Dead. But um, we see Parker Posey and um, Jillian Bell uh, in an office, so that they do one story, and then uh, Olivia Munn uh, is in a scene and, and is her own episode with uh, Terry Crews, um, and then uh, also Jesse Usher uh, of the Boys mm-hmm. uh, has an episode as well. Oh, then, so it's that's actually I mean, they could they could do a lot with it yeah. to like do like world building, you know, showing all these different parts of like society and yep. how they're impacted. They're There's only one episode, though, that has a character that we're familiar with, and that's Alpha played by Samantha Morton, who will have a prequel episode as well. Oh, like her origin. Well, they already showed her. They kind of showed her origin already. You saw that one, right, Zod? Yeah. But, uh, not sure exactly what her particular episode will be about. Um, so probably just more, more uh, on her prequel, on her um, her backstory that we haven't seen. Um, and then Martin Lawrence returning to television on AMC's upcoming series Damascus in a recurring role. And this is his first TV role since 2014's Partners with Kelsey Grammer. And... Um, Basically, Damascus stars um, Orcaretti Onodowan, which, wow, I'm definitely mispronouncing that name, um, as a black man who goes on a journey of self-discovery using an innovative new technology that allows him to experience different versions of his own life. That's kind of intriguing. Oh, so it's another multiverse type thing. Yeah. Kind of cool, right? Yeah, I think that's cool. realities. Yeah. Yeah. But Martin Lawrence, I guess, isn't like he's he's doing a supporting role in it. He's doing a supporting role, yeah. As this okay. Okoretti Odawan is playing the uh, title role or the mm-hmm. 
protagonists um let's see on network tv not much on network tv this week but uh we did mention this beauty and beast 30th anniversary special on abc uh they found um the actress or the performer that will be portraying bell and that's grammy winner her that's h-e-r uh she'll be playing the title character uh, and john m chu from in the heights will be executive producing john Shout out to John M. Chu, who we interviewed on Below the Belt Show way back during the Step Up days. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to see a black and Filipino bell. Interesting. Um, this is what she said, yeah. Uh, as her state in her, uh, say, said in her statement that she always wanted to be a Disney princess, and she got to work with two wonderful directors, um, John M. Chu and Hamish Hamilton. So oh, her name is Her? Her is the or her artist name. H E R. Oh, H. Okay, H dot E dot R. Okay, but it's okay. pronounced her. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea who. I, I I didn't know who. Are you familiar is. with her? No, her I'm not. She won four Grammy Awards, Best R&B Album in 2019 for a self-titled release. Uh, her song in 2021, I Can't Breathe, was a big one. Mm-hmm. Fight for You. Uh, her song Fight for You was featured in Judas and the Black Messiah. And she'll also be in the color purple. All right. Um, in other news, this is an interesting one. Um, Andrew Garfield will stars Richard Branson in a limited series called Hot Air from Universal International Studios. David Lechtfru, who directed Deadpool 2, will direct the series. So it's a six-part series. Um, and apparently there's no network uh, yet. So I guess they're in the stage where they have to um i'm sure i'll be on one of the major networks right or streaming platforms you know Mm -hmm. also steven spielberg uh this is interesting he directed a music video using a cell phone he shot the whole video on a cell phone can you believe this this is crazy so he shot the music video partnering with marcus mumford of mumford and sons uh, to shoot the video for their latest single. And it's called Cannibal. It's the first song from the upcoming album. Uh, and uh, apparently, um, yes, Spielberg himself filmed the Mumford. Uh, filmed Mumford from a high school gym on July 3rd and managed to shoot the whole video on his phone. <laughs> I mean, to talk about, it just seems ironic that... Uh, this is the guy responsible for Indiana Jones and E.T. and so many like iconic films over the years and decides, oh, I'm just going to shoot a music video on my cell phone. <laughs> I was going back to like, <laughs> I don't know. Really, well, really it's, interesting. Uh, it's interesting to see because he is known for like like you were saying, these like hugely produced like bombastic epics and things like that. But they do. I mean, it does uh, speak to a sense of artistry because he's a super. I mean, there's a reason why he's one of the most successful directors of all time. And it's like uh, because he's insanely talented. Right. You know, it's uh, I'm I'm wondering it's going to be like those like Dog Me 95 movies. (laughs) <laughs> that were like a big thing like where right. they were like super super low budget and super um shaky and um you know supposed to add this sense of um authenticity 
And I'm wondering if that's what they're what he's going for there, or he was just like, hey, I've got my phone with me. I've got like a day to I've got a free day. Why don't I do this? <laughs> they gotta be boys too. I can't imagine uh, them doing that. Uh yeah, I mean, gosh, what what would the uh, day rate for uh Spielberg be to direct your oh my God. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, uh, moving on. Number 17 is the Me Too stuff. Well, apparently the Ricky Martin uh, controversy has been thrown out. A Puerto Rico court um, threw out the restraining order issued against Ricky Martin. Um, the case is closed, basically. Uh, the petitioner seized his claims voluntarily. Therefore, the case was archived. No further procedures are required. Yeah, I thought it was kind of odd. This came out of nowhere. You know, Ricky Martin has not been known for anything. I mean, you know, he came out of the closet as gay, but for for just all the blue, for a uh, supposed nephew to allege um, an inappropriate relationship. Any sort of, like, real malfeasance. And uh, yeah. I don't know. He hasn't really been in the spotlight that much recently, but... <clears throat> it was surprising when I first heard it. I was like, really? Wow. You know, yeah. but, uh, you know, Ricky uh, maintained his innocence, you know, and that that his nephew has suffers from mental health issues. So, mm-hmm. But had he been guilty, Ricky would have faced 50, up to 50 years in prison if he's charged with incest related crime. Um, apparently, it's even more so if it's a relative. You get oh. locked up for a lot longer, which I didn't know. Didn't know that. Yeah. Also, Scrubs co-executive producer Eric Weinberg arrested for alleged serial sexual assault. Um, he was arrested at his residence in Los Feliz for several sexual assaults, including rape. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, his arrest is related to assaults in, in Los Angeles between 2012 and 2019. Apparently, he would target women in grocery stores, coffee shops, and public places and approach the women who were in their 20s. The guys have been a photographer, set photo shoots, and then would select, sexually assault them. Wow. Jeez, awful. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> wow, that got dark. That got really dark. Um, speaking of, uh, oh man, let's go on to number uh, eighteen, which is the gossip stuff this week. Dave Chappelle's stand-up show in Minneapolis was canceled just hours before the comedian was set to perform. This is crazy. So apparently, First Avenue, the iconic venue that provided a setting for Princess Purple Rain, which is pretty cool, cool tie-in. Announced that the show would not be taking place at their theater, and then it was moved to another place called Varsity Theater. And apparently the venue addressed the social media backlash that they received because of his Netflix special, The Closer. That's just, I mean, they're listening to the social media comments when they probably already had a sold-out show. Mm -hmm. That the owners of this theater are willing just to cancel... Dave Chappelle's show just because of social media backlash when you know Dave's true fans, you know, the true the fans that know that you know he's you know he's not the homophobic transphobic person, you know that that people claim him to be. Although um, he's probably going to turn into one after all of this is happening. You know, that's it's been the- it's yeah, I mean he did kind of put more fuel to fire when he got when the attacker on stage, when he got attacked, said, oh, he's probably a trans guy. He's probably a yeah. trans man. Probably didn't help his situation yeah. with that community. But, uh, yeah, kind of crazy for that to happen, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now we mentioned Schwarzenegger earlier because his son's going to be in that uh, boys uh, spinoff. This is this is just kind of funny, stupid news. But apparently, he farted in the face of fellow actor Miriam Margolis on during production of their film End of Days in 1999. And he and she said during this podcast interview that he was quite rude. He farted in my face. Now, of course, I fart, but I don't fart in people's faces. He deliberately, right in my face, farted. Uh, and uh, he said that he's a bit too full of himself. And she says he's a Republican. Like, how, being a Republican has, has anything to do with with being disgusted that he farted in his face? Well, but, he's a, he's not a Republican the way the current Republican Party is. Because yeah. I remember he went up against Trump, but, you know... You know where I stand politically, so you know I'm totally. Oh, we know, okay. we know. I to- I'm totally okay with using the term Republican as an insult. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. But so, um, she said he had me in a position where I couldn't escape, and lying on the floor, he just farted. I haven't forgiven him for it. I mean, I think when I was, we were kids, I kind of like fart on I'm my. I don't even remember sister. who she is. Who is who is the actress again? She was in Harry Potter. Her name, her name is Miriam Margolis. M A R G O L Y E S. Miriam Margolis was on the I've Got News for You podcast. Okay. So, does she look familiar to Oh, her? she's like, okay, okay. I know who that yeah. is. Yeah. But basically like, put him on blast. On blast. On a farting blast. On, <laughs> it is. So that's such a it's, weird thing to talk about. It's just a weird thing to bring up. Uh, you know, <coughs> what are we, what, 23 years later? You're going to bring this up. Yeah. Um, all right. What else do we have in gossip? Constant Wu was in the, you know, she took a break from Hollywood. Um, and now I'm realizing she hasn't been in anything in a while, but she just came. She uh, Her last project was in 2019, um, Hustlers, with mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez. And, um, you know, she was the star of Crazy Rich Asians, of course, fresh off the boat. Yeah. And she actually just revealed um, the reason why she went silent due to a social media outburst that she had that that happened in 2019 when she revealed that she had cyberbullying um, that almost drove her to attempt suicide. That's crazy. So she spent the last three years working on her mental health as well as a memoir. Hmm. And she apparently the tweets became a subject so touchy that she lost many of her Asian American colleagues decided it was time to avoid her or, you know, ice her out. Apparently she was she wanted to walk away from Fresh Off the Boat after its six season renewal due to um, other projects and apparently got bullied by her own people wanting uh-huh. to leave the show. God. Pretty lame. Um, also, uh, and also gossip news, Amelia Clark, who I love, Daenerys Targaryen, opened up about the impact of her, her brain. Uh, and if you didn't know, she had two life-threatening aneurysms. Yeah. She said, it's remarkable that I'm able to speak articulately and live her life normally without no repercussions. She said she's a very small minority of people that can survive that. And, and this one's near and near my heart because my aunt, sadly passed away due to an aneurysm yeah that's actually very near to my heart too because you know what happened to my wife right yes 
Yeah, she had a, she had an aneurysm a week after our son was born, and um, that was probably the one of the scariest, scariest moment. Yeah, in the scariest, most difficult period in my life, and um, yeah, so it's uh, it's I mean, like you you know, if you saw my wife. I mean, you've seen my wife many times, but it's like she's like you would never have guessed it happened to her. And it's the same same with Amelia Clark. Right. Yeah. Never guess it happened. So they're both in that minority of of those that had the aneurysm and it was okay. Yeah. But that doesn't that that actually kind of downplays the fact that she um, she put a lot of work to get to where she is, uh, you know, to get back to where she is now. And she, even now she still has weird vision issues, which are really, really hard to explain. Um, this thing called hemianopsia where it, um, uh, the brain registers things she sees as like, kind of like, yeah, uh, like a quarter, a quarter of her field of vision is kind of warped and it's her brain doing it, not her eyes. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's insane to yeah. like, I mean, and to see like Amelia Clark. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm sure there are some effects. Uh, Amelia Clark has some sort of effect from them, especially if she's had well, them. This is what she revealed in the interview. This is, I guess this is new, that she said that these aneurysms, which are basically strokes, eliminated portions of her brain as revealed by a scan. She said there's quite a bit missing, which always makes her laugh because strokes basically as soon as your part of your brain doesn't get blood for a second, it's gone. So it shows, um, you know, the basically the, the areas of her brain that are just not being used anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, very candid interview to talk about her uh, her uh, situation. And, of course, uh, well wishes go out to President Joe Biden, who just tested positive for COVID-19. He's uh, vaxxed, boosted twice, and uh, experiencing mild symptoms, so I think he'll be okay. Yeah, well, that's because he's been vaxxed, <laughs> you know. It... I mean, remember the conservative um, Herman? Herman, Herman Cain, who sadly passed away, and um, apparently, um, well, it's a tragedy when anyone dies, but there are some ways you could say not so sadly. But well, he's uh, um, he was against the vaccine, and he didn't, you know, he learned the hard way, sadly. And yeah, was, you well, know, there's if you go on Reddit, I don't know how uh, active it is anymore, but on Reddit they used to have a subreddit called the Herman Cain Award. And what that was, was uh, it was people. I mean, it's it's like kind of immature and it's a lot of schadenfreude, but it was basically people posting things about prominent conservative, prominent anti-vax conservatives who come down with COVID and what they, you know, people like, for instance, who um, post how much like post on Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever social media, right. how much you know how they'll never get vaccinated and how vaccination is for the devil and then later they say please pray for me i'm in the hospital yeah but yeah they call that they call that the herman cain award herman cain award yeah that's exactly what what that is yeah yeah sadly you have to learn the hard way and number 20 on my list is just um news related to 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 handguns um and which is still an issue 
has been an issue. Ah, so I guess we're going on a bright note, huh? (laughs) Going on a bright note. So comedian Craig Robinson said he's safe after evacuating from a North Carolina comedy club. Um, Apparently a suspect entered uh, with a fire with a firearm and apparently he was scheduled to perform at the venue when the man entered the building and brandished a gun. And apparently the suspect was re- detained. Thank God no one was injured or hurt. And of course that was not the case in Highland Park, Illinois, mm-hmm. as you know, there's, um, you yeah, know, we had, you know, quite a few victims of that uh, July 4th shooting. Billy Corgan is stepping up for his community. Uh, and, uh, Hosting a live stream charity show benefiting the victim of Highland Park, Illinois, Chicago, is near and dear to Billy Corgan's heart. Good for him. I think they're all from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins are from Chicago. Right. That's that's good for him because he was, uh, I don't know, he had kind of a reputation for being an asshole, too. (laughs) He did. So this definitely paints him in a better light, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this one really breaks my heart because, as you know, I'm a freelance actor. I was just on an amazing set yesterday. An NBC crew member working on the set of Law & Order Organized Crime was shot and killed Tuesday morning in Brooklyn. He's a 31-year-old man. He was just sitting inside his vehicle around 5.15 a.m., as you know. Sometimes you get early call times, right? Yeah. Uh, He was on Norman Avenue and Henry Street enforcing the no-parking signs around set. And apparently someone just wasn't having it. It wasn't uh-huh. adhering to the no parking situation. The gunman quickly approached him, shot him multiple times in the face and neck. Oh God. So sad, dude. That's this is just horrible. a guy. This is just a guy working as a, as a product, as a locations, you know, production assistant, whatever uh-huh. his job title was doing his job. I'm guessing he maybe talked down. Maybe there was an altercation verbally between the two of them. He's like, no, you can't park here. I live here. I could just imagine, you know. Yeah. Like, no, we have, we have, you know, we have, you know, a license, you know, a permission. We have a permit to shoot here. So there, therefore we own the street uh, today or something. And they all started, no, motherfucker. And you know, I could just see. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, how that possibly went down and it's just it's so sad it's very 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 sad man ah <sighs> man so as we end tonight's show with the rest in pieces so uh includes jack knight stand-up comedian who recently co-created this peacock series bust down who's only 28 guys Can yeah you- yeah i saw that did that- you see it? and the cause of death apparently was a suicide a gunshot wound to the head um apparently there's a lot of shock and grief for many of the people whose lives he touched i mean he also wrote for um blackish on abc and mm-hmm. um netflix cri- uh, critically acclaimed comedy big mouth yeah very very sad sad and young yeah. young a lot actor. of a lot of funny people a lot of very funny people carry some very very big demons that's what they say about a lot of some comedians, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a, Robin crutch, Williams, almost like a crutch for them, you know? Yeah. Robin Williams is like the first example that always comes to my mind. Jesus, that's something else, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Certainly really, really sad. We also lost Rebecca Balding, stage and screen actress, best known for uh, her role in the ABC sitcom Soap and the original Charmed, the age of 73. 
Mickey Rooney Jr., the oldest of the nine children of Mickey Rooney, the Hollywood legend Mickey Rooney, and one of the original Mickey Mouse Club Musketeers died at the age of 77. Um, this one might be near and dear to your heart, Zod. Um, Alan Grant, influential oh, yeah. Batman and Judge Dredd writer at the mm-hmm. age of 73, passed away. When Chris, I started when I started reading Batman, he was the regular writer on it. I remember that. <laughs> and so... It's, yeah. uh, That's a sad one. You've, met, you've read many of his works, and certainly I have as well. Yeah. Created several DC villains, including Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Ratcatcher. He's responsible for the Ratcatcher. Well, Ratcatcher was a guy in the comics. But yeah, I know, yeah. still. Uh, yeah. The Ventriloquist. That's Alan Grant's character. Yeah, Ventriloquist. I think is probably the um, the most well known. Maybe, maybe not. Well, kind of... thanks to Suicide Squad, Ratcatcher is, is is up there too, right? Yeah, yeah. I love the actress that plays her though. She's beautiful. Yes, she is. Yeah. Um. So apparently, um. Yeah. He had some runs on both Batman, um, and uh, and 2000 AD. I don't remember. Yeah, that that's which one that's was a, that? That's a British anthology, anthology comic, and that's where Judge Dredd first came out. Ah, Judge Dredd first came out. Okay, well, we also lost Nolan Neal, singer and contestant on American's Got Talent. Sadly, found dead in his apartment. No cause of death disclosed. Jeez. And uh, last but not least, Ivana Trump. That's right. Donald Trump's first wife. Um, of course, um, she's also the mother of Ivanka, Donald Jr., and Eric. Um, and, you know, Trump said, she's a beautiful, wonderful, beautiful, amazing woman. Well, great and inspirational life. Um, as he wrote on Truth Social, so as you know, Donald Trump is not on Twitter; he's on Truth Social, right? Which is a conservative social media. It's a, it's also really like always on the verge of failure. That was yeah. his his answer to Twitter, and it's um, <laughs> it has. You about you think about joining Zod? Uh, yeah, I always, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always like I always have this like kind of morbid curiosity of seeing like. Uh conservative like morons in their in their natural habitats yeah. the kind of stuff they write but then yeah i don't really want to either <laughs> and uh um, trump has a thing for eastern european women you know yeah she does yeah well it's a lot of really beautiful eastern that's european true because <laughs> his current wife is you know mm-hmm. uh, well the the ivana was czech born and uh, right right and i think uh alanya his current wife is is she Russian? No, she's uh not Serbian. She's Slovakian. I Slovakian, think. okay. Yeah. So there you go. And All right, we definitely def- def- celebrate life. Uh, Benifer, Benifer is back. Ben Affleck <laughs> and Jennifer Lopez are finally married, guys. Uh, they uh, apparently obtained their uh, marriage license in Clark County, Nevada. And, um, yeah, um, apparently Jennifer Lopez took on Affleck as her legal last name. Wow, that's wild. Is Jennifer she gonna actually, Affleck. Yeah. Is she actually going to, like, act as Jennifer Affleck? I think she's still going to be Jennifer Lopez. Uh, yeah, because that's, that's what she is in the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, and I think for, for her uh, her government name, you know, mm-hmm. the legal, legal documents would be Jennifer Lopez Affleck. Um 
but yeah, um, J Lo and Affleck, um, they were they were together in the early two thousands. You know, they made Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl and uh, Geely in two thousand and three, uh, and you know they they split up, and you know they get back together like what roughly twenty years later. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That is, that, that is wild. That's uh, I guess it says that true love, uh, true love can can blossom again when you least expect it. Should I call that girl I dated from twenty years? <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to do that, Zod. Um, let's see. Chloe Kardashian and ex Tristan Thompson are expecting a child together via surrogate. Congratulations to the Kardashian family. And Sophie Turner, um, Sansa Stark, uh, and Joe Jonas of the Jonas Brothers welcome their second child, a baby girl. All right. And, of course, celebrating a birthday on Thursday today, July 21st, includes Jamie Sheridan of Homeland at 71. Happy birthday, John Love at 65. Happy birthday, Alicia Reiner from Orange New Black is 52. Actress and Ali Landry is 49. Wow, she's gotten old. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she was know, in. Wasn't she was like insanely hot in some super hot. She's role. probably still hot. So she's only 49. She's not. Yeah, like I know. I know. Citizen, uh, but I haven't seen her in a minute. But she definitely was gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I mean, if these pictures are any, I don't know when these pictures are taken, but yes, yeah. she is beautiful. Beautiful. And were you a little surprised to hear that opening promo? We had an actor, Justin Bartha. His birthday's today, so I thought it was a, a fitting opening promo. Justin Bartha from The Hangover, National Treasures 44 today. Well, happy birthday, Justin. Yeah, yeah. it's so cool to get that promo. He's like, oh, Below the Belt Show, that sounds like a fun show. <laughs> that sounds like trouble. <laughs> uh, you heard that, right, earlier? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Josh Hartnett is 44 um blake lewis who is a friend of the shows um who was on our show many moons ago he's 41 today vanessa lenges uh of glow of sorry of glee american dreams stick it is 37 and the beautiful betty gilpin of glow nurse jackie is 36 that's birthdays today all right, so well, this was a great show, man, from top oh, to it, bottom. It always is. Yeah, we'd like to thank, of course, earlier in the program, the one and only Hardcore Bloodshot, Jesse Fresco, for joining. And, of course, the one and only, the fan favorite, the man with the comic presence, Mike the General Zod. Thanks for joining us on BTB. Thank you for having me. And- yeah. I'm going to make an effort to um, come on more often when you play me. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, and I'm Al Celebrity Soto. So um, as you know, um, I haven't really had a break on BTB. So uh, we're going to bring you a few more shows uh, and then maybe take a few weeks off because uh, I really need to recharge my batteries. It's been a minute, man. Um, but uh, I get it. we want to throw out starting next week our major interviews from shore leave con Zod, i invited you to shore leave you never got back to me but uh we got a train and amy garcia from lucifer on for next week and then upcoming interviews after that include eddie mcclintock and 
John Billingsley. So uh, that's a veteran actor right there. Um, and that's in the upcoming weeks. Um, and then uh, take a little hiatus for the rest of August until September. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was a good time to do that after we get the rest of this great content that we received from Shoreleaf. So, so now we're going to play the, the last of our AwesomeCon interviews. Zod, we had a good time at AwesomeCon, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And, of course, we had the Zod Spotlight episode a couple weeks back. And now we're going to play two more interviews, interviewed by yours truly, starting with some beautiful cosplayers, Joe Colton and Astra. Remember them? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! She had yeah. Ma- she had a Maeve costume on, and uh, mm-hmm. and then Astra had a Scarlet Witch, and she, right, right, she was just as pretty as Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, Elizabeth, wow, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> she was, and Joe's a very statuesque Amazonian type. So she's like the perfect Wonder Woman Maeve cosplayer right there. And then after that, Zod, it's a pretty big one for BTB. Anthony Rapp, actor. Nice. From a Star Trek Discovery, um, we talk a little bit about that, but we talk more about uh, the projects or the fandoms that Anthony would love to be a part of. And he actually mentioned he really would love to be a part of DCEU. So uh, find out which particular character he wants to portray during this interview. So that's all I have, guys. So I guess on to- uh, from top to bottom, it's been an amazing show. I'd like to thank, of course... Our panelists, and um, yeah, uh, we will see you next week, guys. Exclusive interview Jesse T. Usher, A Train. It's a big one for us, guys. It's, I mean, the boys is so freaking awesome. <laughs> I just love that show, Zod. Yeah, were you yeah. happy with, with how it uh, season three wrapped up? I actually really loved season three of the boys, it was. Yeah. It was so, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And one of the things, uh, and you notice this, like, when you watch it, you keep waiting for certain characters to have their, like, redemption, moments of redemption. Right. And they never come. Right. Like, like A-Train, like, they've kind of hinted that A-Train isn't as despicable and selfish a person as he winds up being but then he right. winds up becoming that again right and the, and the same with <laughs> like i figured the and homelander like, how despicable is that yeah well homelander like you know they, they 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 say that homelander like the character of homelander in the boys tv show is entirely based off of donald trump where he's <laughs> right. uh he's and really I, really insecure and like has all this toxic fragility and um and based on that last episode I, I i definitely definitely would have to agree with that comparison yeah 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 so so there you go um so yeah that's next week but yeah we've got some great interviews to close out the show cosplayers joe colton and astra and anthony rapp star trek discovery closing out tonight's blow the Bell show guys we will see you guys next week until then peace, peace. We're here at this amazing cosplay booth with one of our favorite cosplayers, Joe Colton. Here is Mae from The Boys, which is pretty freaking awesome. We're also here with Astra. 
the Scarlet Witch after she got into a battle, I'm assuming? Indeed, yes. Wow, wow, you got pretty effed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Doctor, Doctor Strange has it worse. You should see him. Well, you should see the other guy, right? <laughs> you, 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 you must love Doctor Strange pretty bad yourself. Oh, for sure. He's, he's feeling it, I promise. <laughs> now, this is actually a, uh, a fight I'd like to see, personally. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wh- whose chances do you like better, Maeve's or Scarlet Witch's? Like, I have strength. Right. She's a witch. Magic. She's a book. Right. A whole book of dark whole, magic. Right. So right. That, maybe a better competitor would be Wonder Woman for, for yes. Maeve. Right. That would probably make sense. That would be very strange for me doing that, though. <laughs> like, fighting myself day to day. <laughs> very cool. Tell us what went, to, uh, went into the process of putting this cosplay together. Uh, well, it was um, all of this was from scratch. It started out as a, um, uh, a Mother Goose fable book, which I thought was funny and a little Easter egg because, you know, yeah. mothers and stuff. And wow. So it's all foam and clay work and hand done and wow. leather straps. This is all foam, hand carved and all of that. Wow. Um, How long did it take you? I started um, about two weeks ago when I found out I was coming to Awesome Hunt. And I was like, I can do it in time. <laughs> so that's kind of what happened. Late it looks night. so official. <laughs> I think I think Elizabeth also would be jealous. I think, yes. yeah. Very, very awesome. All right. So what went into Maeve to put this yes. play together? How long did it take? Yeah. And with process. Like, uh, uh, probably a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So Wes was painting this last night. Okay. When I was like, I'm dying. I need to. I need to go to bed. Because <laughs> you have the, your nine to five, and then you have your like five to like whenever. Whatever. Right. So yeah. Awesome. So, but we did fittings this morning. I was like, great. Works, let's go. Awesome. So, how does it feel to have a booth here at AwesomeCon? It's my second year. I'm so excited. Wow. Yes. It's amazing. You're, you're at the level now where, where you're the featured cosplayer. How does that I feel? Guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm nervous. And it's, just, it's your job, you know? Things that a lot, so many people do as a hobby. It is your job. Yeah. Which I think it's so cool. Thank you. Right. I'm very nervous. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's me. It's like same old. So. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, where's where's the social media so all the fanboys can stalk? I mean, follow you. <laughs> Throw it out. All right. Uh, Astra Void Cosplay. A-S-T-R-A-V-O-I-D Cosplay. Everywhere it's the same. Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Awesome. How about you, Joe? Um, so on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, it's Joe Colton Cosplay. On okay. Twitter, it's J. Colton Cosplay. And then on TikTok, it's Joe Colton Cosplay. All right. And more different cosplays, I'm sure... Yeah. Uh, every day here at AwesomeCon, we'll have to swing back and find out what cosplay you're going to put, be putting on for everyone always, tomorrow. It's always fun doing these. <laughs> I love these, yes. All right. So more to come here. Below the Belt Show, click on this. Guys, we are here with actor extraordinaire Anthony Rapp. Thank you. Here at AwesomeCon 2022. Yes. How's your AwesomeCon experience been so far, Anthony? It's been super friendly, uh, which I'm not totally surprised by. I've spent a lot of time in D.C. working and doing a lot of uh, stage performances here, so it's a really big theater town. And so there's a lot of people who have a big crossover feel of, like, Rent and Discovery, both, or, you know, even in some ways, probably tipping more into Rent. Yeah. It's cool. Wow. So, 
why is it important that an actor still goes through their theater roots uh, after doing so much television film? I mean, I think it's like the true kind of arena for an actor. Yes. You know, being able to be in front of a live audience and with fellow artists on stage right. telling the story in real time. That challenge, I think, is kind of the ultimate challenge. Right. Although, I do, like, I love watching people on film and television. Like, when a great performance in that medium, mm-hmm. I'm all about it. But I will also carry with me the, my memories of the great stage performances and the fact that it has to be a memory only is also part of what makes it so special awesome of course a lot of fans know you uh, from Star Trek Discovery uh, wow uh, how many seasons uh, four or five seasons already we've done four seasons we're about Let's to start our fifth start the fifth season wow uh, has it exceeded your expectations that it would be such a success yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I mean you know I've been around long enough to know you never know like right. I, I felt like there would be something of an audience that wanted to see what we were doing but yeah. the way we've been embraced has been wonderful. And the way that it's relaunched the entire Star Trek universe yes. is very exciting to be a part of that ongoing legacy. And that's one of the most passionate fan bases. The Star Trek fan yeah. base has been just so, so overwhelming. Um, any interesting fan experiences uh, over the years? Uh, maybe saw your twin cosplayer. <laughs> I've seen, yeah, I've seen, I've or, seen uh, like, I saw a really great, like, kid cosplayer doing yeah. stamets. That was really cool. And then yeah. I've seen gender bent stamets, which is really okay. cool. Um, yeah, I, it's an honor. Any kind of cosplay. I've seen Mark cosplay over the years. Yes. Cosplay is is a really meaningful way to be honored right. by people. You know, it means that the character had a, a sort of enough of an impact that they wanted to kind of embody yeah. themselves. That's really cool. Um, you know, people, people talk about their relationship to Trek and Rent mm-hmm. in terms of how it changed their lives. Not right. simply something they enjoy. Right. And that's really meaningful. And, you know, there are people who talk about, I, I'm not exaggerating, but people, like, at, a, at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, I remember so distinctly somebody talked about he was contemplating suicide and his friend asked him to please sit down with him and watch some Trek with him. And oh. watching it reminded him of the things to hope for and aspire to, you know, of the greater the greater good of, you know, being a part of a community, of trying to be your best self. And it was part of what brought him out of that suicidal ideation. That is an amazing story. Uh, actually, Star Trek saves lives. Yes. Can, can you, you heard that here. It's, yes. It actually saves lives. And uh, just, uh, just the influence that, uh, that your show and many of the other shows, because uh, Paramount has so many great... What, what do you think of the expansion of the Star Trek uh, universe I mean, on Paramount? It's pretty cool. Picard, because all yeah. these other shows. But it's yeah. cool because each show also yeah. really has its own kind of signature and its yeah. own kind of like little nook of it. And yeah. I think it's great that there's that room for all these different kinds of stories and all these different kind of characters to be shared with the world. It's it's, right. it's exciting to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like, and there's nothing that feels like cookie cutter about it. Lower Decks is certainly nothing like what we're doing. Right. And, and Prodigy is certainly, not, even, not, even though they're both animated, they're also mm-hmm. very different in a really exciting way. Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. draws on, you know, there's a couple of characters in Strange New Worlds who are on our show, but mm-hmm. it's t- 
taking it into another little new direction. So yeah. all of it is very, very cool. Awesome. Now, you've been a part of Star Trek fandom. What other big fandom would you love to be a part of? Star Wars, Marvel, DC. Is there a particular one that you would absolutely love to be a part of? Well, I I never imagined myself being in I always I've been such a fan of all of these things mm-hmm. for so long that I never even yeah. dared to imagine myself in them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to be part of the DC universe in part because I grew up. That was my favorite comic book stuff as a kid. Yes. So, and in particular, I would like to be a villain. In the, ah. in the, I think the DC villains are really, really cool. Any particular one come to mind? The Riddler comes to mind. The Riddler, yes. All right. So that, you know, I'm just putting that out there. That's something I would I can see that happening. Although we had a version of the Riddler in the Batman. Yeah, which I have Robert not gotten Hansen. to see yet. I was working when it was out in the theater that I mm-hmm. kind of wanted to see in the theater. I have to see it at mm-hmm. home now, which is a bummer because mm-hmm. I'd rather see it on a big screen. Right. Anyway, you know. There's one that I could see you playing, Booster Gold. Sure, but he's kind of a dummy. <laughs> You got the blonde hair. I know, you know? <laughs> but do you want, I don't really want to play a dummy. <laughs> I think he's more funny than dummy. <laughs> he's a little bit of a dumb dumb, though. I'm sorry. All right, we got to talk about Scrap, because uh, we got to throw out Elena Moscat, uh, our fearless leader from the Baltimore Next Media Web Fest. Yeah. Your film Scrap, at the time, was a short film. Yes. Uh, featured in the Baltimore Next Media Web Fest, uh, Web Fest. but now you're just telling me that it's uh, become a, fe- a yeah, feature? Yeah, was, was, I yeah. think that was Vivian Kerr who wrote it yeah. started it I think it was always her hope and intention yeah and she did expand it into a really strong feature screenplay and then she got back in touch with me I was very grateful to be you know for that loyalty wow and um because I really loved working with her and I think it's really interesting material and a really cool character uh and we shot our this very low budget but really well done feature last summer and uh, it's been edited together and I think that they're like now trying to try to get into festivals so I'm hoping that it will have a life. Wow, it's, it's I mean really the short did so well on the festival circuit. Cool. And now we uh, we have this feature. Um, uh, tell us what we could expect from the feature. I mean it just you get a lot more uh, sort of in depth and nuance of the nature of the relationship between the brother and sister. Yeah. And you find out more about some of their family history but it doesn't go into it's not like it's a soap opera but it but you just get enough of a you get enough of a sense of the context of their relationship mm-hmm. that I think is really really cool and then you also get more of a sense of my character's relationship with his wife and what they're going through ah. um, and sort of the, the web of family and you know ah. the the, com- the complexities of it uh, intricate family drama yeah but like yes. and also you know funny but like very, it, feels very, funny it feels moments. very human in, in a way that that's the kind of work that I really respond to as, a, as, a, as an audience member and it's really cool to be a part of that kind of work as an actor awesome any other awesome projects to promote um, I got to actually direct a short film myself so that's going to oh, we're cool. just in the editing process now and hopefully that will be seeing the light of day in the festival circuit down the road too awesome. that my friend Noah wrote um, it's called Type 1 and uh, I think it's come together pretty well so. awesome wow and of course uh, uh, season 5 green lit of Star Trek Discovery uh, scrap feature film a lot a lot in the works for Anthony Rapp sure, you know sure that's I, awesome <laughs> alright if you could Anthony let us know who you are uh, you're on click on this show uh, is the web show and then the podcast is Below the Belt show Below the Belt Below show? the Belt I'm Anthony Rapp and you are watching Click on This and you can also listen to the podcast Below the Belt Yes <laughs> Awesome Well it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons
This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.